Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 329. Hopefully you guys have had a great weekend. Well, I've got one for you guys, you organic guys tonight. We've got uh, K&F Gardens here tonight, or Bad Company Seeds, right? Both, either or applied to you. Welcome yeah, to the show one. tonight. Uh, tell us, tell us where we can find you and how you're doing tonight, good sir. Well, thank you, Eagle, for having me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at knf underscore garden, and uh, there's a link in my profile for my bad company seed link for my auto flowers that I breed. But thank you for having me. It's hopefully one of those amazing moderators will be throwing that up throughout throughout the interview tonight for everybody in chat if they are interested they're usually pretty good about that well i again thank you for joining us tonight and uh do you have something to smoke on i know i kind of asked you beforehand but right now i wanted to give you my undivided attention (laughs) fair enough fair enough (laughs) so uh what would you have been smoking on tonight if uh well my trust we and true OG what? OG I love OGs I'm an OG man <laughs> so some OG Kush I would have rolled it up in a either a blunt or joint but I'm a blunt man as well I know a lot of get a lot of hate on Instagram when they see me throwing up blunts and this and that but you want to know what they, they they just they're just awesome. <laughs> Well, the way I see it, it's your medicine. You ingest it any way you like. <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. <what> I mean? <laughs> so what are you smoking on? What's your preferred method of smoking? Well, you know, I I prefer joint, you know, uh, you know, blunt. Not necessarily a blunt, but a big joint. I do have, like, I, I, I a, a good-sized roller here. So... It's blunt size, but usually it's yeah. uh, in one of these element papers, one of the big element kings. I guess it's the right tonight one. I'm not going, not going quite that big, but tonight I'm smoking on some uh, Mananja Delight from Can of Queen nice. Genetics. Pretty good, pretty good so far. I'm enjoying it. So. Uh, well, I guess we'll get started right from the get, like we always do with most people. What started you on your cannabis journey? Where did you get started, my friend? Well, my cannabis journey starts at the age of 15. <clears throat> uh, I used to be a very angry person. <laughs> and uh, I had one of my friends uh, come over to my house one day and asked if I smoked. And like anybody with peer pressure, yeah, of course I smoked. I had never smoked in my life. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, let's smoke. So I had smoked my first joint at 15 and it absolutely scared the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it got me paranoid. I felt like, uh, you know, like, like that restless leg syndrome where I felt like my legs were, it was weird and I didn't like it at first, but then I tried it again and I loved it. It was, it, it was the only thing that ever relaxed me. I have an overthinking brain. It's the only thing to ever chill me out. But yeah, at the age of 15 is when I started it. And after that, I was like, yeah, this is definitely some true medicine to level me out <laughs> for sure. 
So do you think that first time was uh, maybe a, maybe a pure sativa or something? Sativa is something that maybe made you a little bit more racy when you weren't used to that? It had to have been because back in when I was 15, it was nothing but uh, like Mexican brickweed. So it was mostly sativa varietal for sure. So I'm pretty sure it was was that case. I smoked when I was young. I smoked nothing but it was super compressed. It was brown. You had to throw a bunch of uh, you know seeds out of it. It was horrible stuff, but it, it did the job. <laughs> so you know, after that, how much? How long was it before it was somewhat uh, regular in your life? Yeah. Regular? Well, after the first time, I kept, it kind of scared me for a bit, and then. I tried it the second time and I really liked it. And after that, I've never not smoked since then. Since I was 15, I smoked every day since I've since since I've been since 15 years old, every single day. So it's kind of like a it like took over my life. It's kind of like this. Cannabis is the first lie that was ever told to me. My whole life, they told me this or that. You're gonna have this. You're gonna OD that. And then when you try it, you realize like, wow, they they lied to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it opens the world up. Like, what else did they lie to me about? That's kind of how it affected me. It was like my first revealing of the, it, it. It revealed myself to myself, so to speak. And it was a very profound experience, to say the least. So it sounds like, you know, it was medical for you right off the bat. I mean, did, did you take it that way or was it, you know, just... Like most people, you know, it feels good. So you kind of go with it. You know what I mean? I think all of us kind of, we, it felt so good, but we just didn't realize that it was medical. We just liked doing it because it felt good. But did it feel like it was medical for you back then? Or was it still more on a recreation level? I think it was medical from the beginning for the simple fact that how much it calmed my nerves. It was like a weird sensation to have, it's like I never went with the flow before cannabis. I always pressured things. I, I always uh, put unneeded, you know, pressure in my life. And when I started smoking, it pretty much told me to calm down and go with the flow. And ever since then, I, I've listened to just go with the flow, you know, just be whatever in the moment. And my life has gotten better ever since that moment. That's nice. That's very key too, is being in the moment. Uh, took me a long time. I'm just realizing here. Just turned 50 or not 59. Holy cow. Don't rush. You look good if you're 59. Just turned 49. I just turned 49 a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm just kind of coming across, you know, living life in the moment, you know, and being present. You know what I mean? You know, I actually kind of caught myself today telling myself that you know what I mean I was like kind of worked up and I was I just a little voice in my side head said you know just be in the moment focus in the now and just block out everything else and it just felt this like calmingness kind of come over me and it's it's taken a long time to you know realize uh that's what I need to be doing you know just worry about this moment in time and not to worry about everything else in life it's i've read a lot of books on like forest bathing and you know buddhism and, <laughs> you know i'm trying to head down 
the right path these days. And uh, boy, I, I do find yeah. a lot of comfort in all that. That's for sure. Most definitely, yeah. The thing I love so, about cannabis, it, I'll talk about that. Sorry about that. No, no, please, please go ahead. You're the guest. I, I cut you off. That's yeah. the other thing I forgot to tell you. Prelim was like, if I cut you off, please blow by that shit like you didn't even hear it. I tell everybody <laughs> that because <laughs> you are the guest, and sometimes I get a little malty. You know, sometimes I forget. Please, please go ahead, sir. Understandably. What I wanted to add to that is the way that you know you come to that realization of giving yourself in the moment you know, sanctuary. That's what I love about cannabis. It forces you to be in the moment. And a lot of people are scared to do that. That's why I think it scares a lot of people as well. It forces you to, it's like, it gives you that tunnel vision, so to speak, everything you get intense on that one task that you're doing or with those thoughts that you let flow through your head. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I subscribe to that theory to be in the moment, like you said. (laughs) So Throughout the, your journey there, I mean, how was it? How long was it before you know you decided to take it up to the next level? And uh, uh, well, I guess before anything, I guess these days you have to pull that medical card before you can do anything else. So, how long was it before you actually, you know, had to take that step and get your card and you know go down that route? Or did growing come before that? Well, what I made guess me want to get come before that? <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it very much so did. I mean, the whole thing with the growing aspect was uh, I very well knew that all the weed that I was getting at the time and cannabis I was getting at the time was very, very nasty. I didn't know it. You know, what I mean, I don't know who what was sprayed on it, and that was my main thing was to try to grow to see if I can grow the best cannabis that I can fine you know i couldn't find it so might as well grow it and that's what got me down the path they say it's funny they say that cannabis is addicting which is you know it's a bold-faced lie what is addicting is growing it because even if i try to stop i couldn't probably you know what i mean there's no way it's like my first plant done i was addicted it was just an intense feeling to see the process for yourself for the first time very much so you know i'm very much on the record of saying that uh I think for most of us, even though, like, if you were not lucky enough to start growing the plant before, not everybody was brave enough, like me and you, to throw some plants in the dirt before <laughs> before we were supposed to and start on that <laughs> journey a little bit earlier. So I think what I've, what I've said is I, I don't think a lot of people, I think cannabis in a lot of ways is recreation recreational for most people even though they have a medical card you know they're reaping some of the benefits it is a medication for them it does help them but it's actually it isn't until you put them plants in the ground and you're in your garden it that's where the medicinal effect i would say a good portion of it comes through you know, being in your garden, it seems to fade away a lot of anxiety. It does bring you into that peace. It pulls you into that moment that we were referring to. And that in itself is a good piece of the medicine. And it's that, you know, empowering. I can, I'm making my own medicine that I think has a lot to do with the whole process. But 
it's through that first grow that you know it grows on you and you do you develop a whole new respect for the cannabis i think that's where it comes from marijuana and then it turns to cannabis <laughs> in that first grow right there you you it, it just changes you that in that first grow you develop a whole new respect for the plant i absolutely agree with you one thing that's crazy is you you know this you have this relationship with these plants you know what i mean they one of the greatest things that plants have ever taught me it's like i very much so think they definitely have a language within their self but one thing they have taught me is through patience great things come and if you apply those things in other aspects of your life you know it, it does wonders and there's just things that the gardening that gardening itself can teach you as a human being and or how to be a human being in in essence it's 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 such a there's a teaching moment every day that i'm in the garden it's so peaceful the fact that i i feel like they're cultivating us how strong the connection is because it's crazy how strong the connection the plants have it's like you cheeky bastards you know what i mean <laughs> you you got us to cult not only am i running around researching the world for the best soil and the best like you, you got a spell over me what the hell woman <laughs> you know what i mean it's like uh it's the crazy and i, I I love it. You know what I mean? And I will go to the ends of the earth. And I've talked about cannabis from 15. I'm 30 now. So I've talked cannabis. I'm not lying every single day from I was 15 to now. And I, it feels like the very first time I could talk about it all day, every day. And it's a pleasure. And it's something that I don't see anything. I don't know. It's mo nothing is most interesting as cannabis to me, to be honest with you. And it's crazy because when you start learning that you can make paper from this fuels medicine and you just it's the plethora of things that this plant provides us it's just even more mind-blowing and it's just it's crazy that's why when i go back to when you learn it's your first lie it's intense that people are willing to lie and lock people up for something like this it blows my mind and especially somebody that as it, you know as yourself too when you grow it it's even more of a slap in the face and and makes you think about the leaders that we choose around us, that we're kind of, we're in a weird place right now. And, it, and I'm hoping through cannabis, we could change a lot of that. Definitely. It is a very incredible plan. I mean, it is like you're saying, uh, I think it was say here, I. To to better us all in a lot of a lot of ways. It's funny that you what you said that you think that uh, we're here to take care of it because I've said that in the past too. I think we're here <laughs> to kind of cultivate it, but yeah. I think it, as of late, uh, it was sent here. I think I don't. I really believe there's no coincidence that the surge of cannabis in this time and age is no coincidence. You know, humanity as a whole kind of is coming to a bad head and cannabis brings out the better in people. You know what I mean? And in so Absolutely. many ways and growing it, it's a medicine. And as people has more and more grow it, it's, it's, it's making people, it brings out the best in people in so many ways. I mean, it's asking them to uh, to 
reach out for more and more knowledge in so many ways. You know, that mean, I've seen so many people from so many walks of life, you know, come into cannabis and just go down this incredible search for knowledge, you know, through the soil, through, you know, IPM tactics, you know, there's so much that people have gained through this wonderful plant. And it's, you know, no coincidence. And, you know, one thing I wanted to, uh, to throw out to you, because I believe in a lot of frequency stuff too, but, uh, I heard you say that, uh, you know, the plant talks to us or it can communicate with itself. I was watching, uh, I've interviewed a great gentleman uh, from Midnight Roots, great guy from Midnight Roots. And I follow him on Instagram, but he's he's a big component of uh, frequency as well and how plants can communicate with each other. And he put out this cool video on Instagram the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. But he had hooked up these uh, oh, I see these it. prongs to the plant. Did you? Gotcha. How cool was gotcha. that? That each plant yeah. had a different melody and everything. That's yeah, I did catch that. It, yeah. So I can't help but wonder if I we pick up on that subliminally, and it it is got us under its spell under that lovely tune that we can't pick up on <laughs> other than that kind of a microphone. I agree with you 1000. And uh, not only that, uh, we take me and my wife, it's a, it's a, my wife helps me out tremendously. My wife, let, let's say I'm like flustered one day or she sees I'm kind of upset. She'll tell me like, Hey, can you get, you need to get some positive vibes before you enter that garden. Cause those girls are going to fill you. And she's absolutely right. When I go in there, I, I need to be 100 for them because they are 100 for me. And they absolutely have a language. I could walk into a room and I could see the girl all the way in the back. And she's telling me like, hey, I really need you to spend some time with me. You need to take a look at me, go over me just by her position and just how she's her leaf is holding and and how how just just the way that the just the, the way that the leaf is on the plant. I, it's, it's a crazy sensation. But absolutely, I believe in frequency. And that's why I also vitalize my water as well. I feed my plants vitalized water, you know, just to remind the water of the love. But yeah, I'm very much into frequency. We, we are frequency, 100%. But everybody tells me like, oh, how do you do this and that? Well, guess what? I asked the universe for it, and then I watered in hard work. Simple as that. Like everything that I've ever gotten, I've literally transmitted that out frequency-wise, but I added a ton of hard work, and it's always come through for me, 100% of the time. It's never let me down. So I agree with you frequency is a is definitely and if you are in tune with that frequency that's when i believe the plants respond to you the best because they they feel that love they they could feel it 100 percent, 100 percent. and it's nice to uh when you resonate with somebody you know what i mean they strike that chord when you both kind of believe in something it's like you know it's uh very very gratifying to know you're on the right path to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah so so as you as you started growing there tell us about the first grow i mean tell us about that that first experience that first garden so the first grow i was researching this was like before like just right when the medical cards were just coming out and uh, i was researching a bunch of like uh it was like a craigslist of uh of like cannabis stuff and there was this guy, this clone guy, and I went to this 
building. I thought it was like somewhere in Los Angeles. I went and he had a, I went into this room, he had a bunch of clones and they're kind of like sad looking. <laughs> and I was like, just excited just to be around plants. And I got a bunch of like Bubba Cushes and I was crossing my fingers and hoping they were they're all true crosses or whatever it was. But the only one I remember that I had gotten was a, a Bubba Cush. And the, one of the first ones I ever grew was, was that varietal. And it's funny because I grabbed them and I got a bunch of like 15 gallon pots. I got probably about like, probably about like 30 of them. And I, and I, and uh, my parents weren't happy about it, but I was like, whatever, I'm doing this. (laughs) So I put like, like 30 Bubba Kushes and I put them in clone and I didn't realize that I, you know, I never paid attention of like when you're outdoor, you know, there's a certain period of time, especially if you have a clone that's 24 hours of light. I I was like, whatever, I'm going to throw this thing in a a big old 15 gallon. Then the thing uh, uh, started to flower immediately. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? And then I started to research stuff and uh, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, uh, and, that, and then I learned about super, uh, monster cropping is when you, know, when you intentionally like revert something back and it will it'll literally start throwing like banana leaves and it turns into a monster. It'll just throw, it'll start throwing branches like crazy. And so my first grow ever was like 20 Bubba Kushes that I accidentally monster cropped. It came out really shitty, <laughs> it, but I was very excited. <laughs> but yeah, it was my first girl ever. My first ever girl. Definitely a learning lesson for sure. So, what what what, what kind of pots? What kind of lights? I mean, let's let's peek into the room a little bit. Well, it was an outdoor setup. It was those regular plastic fifteen oh, yeah. gallons. That, yeah, fifteen yep. gallons, and I had and I had used supplemental lighting to trick them after I found out what I had did wrong. And I just let them go uh, full term after I got them to where they were finally comfortable with the light. And then I let them go full term, but yeah, there was, and the soil that I used, I used um, like Home Depot soil, you know, that soil that has a lot of bark in it. That it's like really shitty. It's super acidic. Your P, you can never catch your P, you can never get any good pH out of that soil. It was horrible, horrible. I had no idea what it was. And I, and I remember buying a, uh, Oh, what is it? Like bloom boosters, you know, those powdered ones. Those, it's like a white, it's like a white powder. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've seen them, those mega 50, 30 boosters. I thought like, yeah, I'm going to get really, I don't know. I was totally non-organic when I first started. I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest with you. It was, it was very, uh, very hit and miss for sure. But I was having fun nonetheless the whole time. So what changed from the first grow to the second row? Well, like everybody that grows, and you can attest to this, when you have a harvest, you're always like, damn, I wish I threw out 20 more. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. So then what I did, you know what I mean? Like, so what I did was I did some hardcore researching. At that time, the forum. Into the forums. No worries. We're sorry still about here. that. Yeah, sorry about that. No worries. So, brother, sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm gonna switch it up on you. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, so um, I don't know if you were big into the forums, probably about like ten years back or a little more than that. That was like the only information that you could get was you know going into the forum site. So I started researching organic forums and and uh, getting my information there. But as you know, everybody wants to be a teacher in a forum, and every you know they hear one thing and they repeat it a thousand times. And even if it's bad, you'll hear it. everybody wanted to be like the sticky post you know what i mean oh i'm they wanted to be the teacher so i was learning a bunch of bad information off of the organic forms but through that i learned what not to do so i started getting my information from uh people that uh, i don't know kevin you know kevin georgery i'm hopefully i'm not saying his name wrong i started learning yes, from guys absolutely. like guys like him and when i started learning from guys like him that's when my game really increased I got into like, okay, people that really care about the plant. And then that opened my mind to a, to a whole new world of, of awesomeness. And then if you go down the path of organics long enough, it will take you to KNF or to probiotic growing or plants feeding plants. And that's where I am today. I'm at a level where uh, the only thing I feed my plants are other plants. Well, that's a pretty amazing journey. I mean, so how long did it take you from to get down that uh, that path? I mean, how many grows? I would have to say it took me about six seasons outdoors to get to where I started learning, like, all right, maybe I shouldn't be top dressing. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this or maybe I shouldn't be doing the teas this way. Or maybe I shouldn't be uh, using that organic line because there's one ingredient in it that I found out it's not organic. They say it's organic, but not organic. That, that happens a lot. You'll run into an organic product that you think is, but it's it's got some like weird stuff in there that is it, you, you wouldn't consciously use it if you knew about it. But a lot of those products, you know, either it's it's uh, it's sad. You know what I mean? You get so you think you're getting something organic, but you're not, and that's why I like the plants. It took me, I would say, about the last five years of my journey. I've re I've finally come to the conclusion of where I'm at today. Well, that's uh, well, that's not too too long of a journey from A to B, to be honest with you. I think that's honestly a short path. I'm actually, you know, I'd I've went back and forth. I've started in soil because that's the only thing I could freaking find at the time. And then have went back and forth from cocoa yep. to, you know, pro mix, back and forth. I've kind of went back to soil. I've tried the super soil and currently back into cocoa. But organics has pushed its way back in. Uh, Mr. Smiley's Gardens, uh, who's in chat now, and it does the organics takeover version on the show here, on the uh, on the channel, is uh, forced forced his way in over here with the takeover and brought some earth boxes and uh, a type of coots mix and uh, I don't know, it's definitely opening my eyes. Well, with that being said, and him being around so much, I'm. I, I hate not knowing stuff. You know, when I'm talking with somebody, I, I hate to, you know, be in the dark. So as he's been around, I've been fucking uh, 
you know, reading a lot of uh, organic type books and uh, getting more and more interested as I go. So 20 years into it, I'm just starting back deep into the organics rabbit hole. So <laughs> five years dropping the head you know you're way ahead of the game in my book <laughs> way ahead and the, and the reason why that i've come to these conclusions is because of failure straight up to tell you uh i have failed a lot and i've built myself up from failure so the methods that i use now are are try and true in my little system that i have because i've 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 have seen plants go from wow horrible totally horrible sad to to gorgeous with techniques that i had to expensive uh lessons that i had to learn <laughs> very very expensive lessons <laughs> but yeah if you're if you're getting into the organic growing and if you want to definitely wrap your mind wrap your mind around some philosophies you should look into um the knf principles a lot of people they'll get into knf and they will start looking up all the inputs and then they they kind of become like a kind of like a it's like a cult almost <laughs> some sometimes it's a they will start doing the inputs and then they're not really focusing on the philosophy of why these inputs are working and and it's when you start making your own nutrients and you start realizing what makes up a nutrient how you make a nutrient you start realizing these companies that are making nutrients how easy it is to make a nutrient it's very very easy to make nutrients and it's I can understand why companies are scared because if they found out how easy it is, it's too much power for an individual, I think. And I, and I'm all about empowering individuals because if you realize how much power you have available to you, it's, it's, it's an immense feeling. Well, you know, it's one of them things too. It's one, when, when you slip down that road to the K and F, those who are running the K and F are boy, it's one of them things back in the day it was uh it was uh let's see here the organic the no-till revolution but now like you said it's it has slipped now into the k and f revolution you know organics and you know the no-till revolution that was over but now you guys (laughs) are pushing the fight a little further down the line yeah no i can't thank you guys enough Awesome. Yeah, I, what I, where I started my journey with KNF, what got me sparked with KNF is uh, Chris Trump. I don't know if you ever heard about him. Yeah, Chris, Chris Trump was my first person that ever introduced me through his videos. I came across his videos, and it blew my mind. I was like, what in the heck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? I was like, this is interesting. It's just for some reason it spoke to me as a person. I was like, Oh, this is real cool. This is something I could get into. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and then I got into somebody called Drake out, out in Hawaii. I don't know if you heard him. He teaches uh KNF as well. It's another guy, Drake. I like Drake the way he teaches too. Cause he, he teaches a lot of the philosophy. He tries to make you understand philosophy, like the philosophy of what's going on, how to look at it in a more simpler term to help you understand why you're doing the things you're doing. And then uh, Chris Trump does a great, job as well but sometimes it's a little lost in translation the way that he does it but he's like he's a they're both stand-up guys and then i started learning off of people off instagram instagram has been a really good resource for me because i started learning off a lot of people off instagram and i started learning taking in a bunch of information and it's crazy because i'll be i'll learn like the kenneth style that i do it's based off of uh, i don't know if you heard of world's last hope yeah he's in check 
So check this Same out. Chat. He's been on the show. He's been on the show many times too. Cool yeah, so I've learned I've learned off of people that he's taught that I never even knew about. So I was learning all these techniques, and then I found out he was the guy teaching all these guys that I was learning certain because te- he's cannabis specific. He was he was doing things that were for cannabis specifically, which sparked my interest because I grew cannabis. And I and I one day uh, I uh, I reached out to him and started talking to him, and I realized that it was him that was teaching all these techniques. So I started to get more involved in, you know, learning the philosophies and all that. But yeah, he was uh, definitely a part of my KNF journey for sure. He's a really good guy. So what's, what's crazy about uh, world's last hope is he will break your, the chain, the mind, your mind, the way your mind thinks of KNF, he'll break those chains. Cause uh, it's like, uh, I'm telling you the other KNF guys, they're not really doing it for, they're not doing it for cannabis right now. They're, I can see a lot of them. They're starting cannabis stuff, but mostly they're growing vegetables and stuff like that and food, food products. And uh, he was the first guy to ever do cannabis related. And his approach to it was mind blowing. It was like, it's kind of like how great minds think alike. When you come across something, you're like, that's how I would approach, you know what I mean? You're like, that makes sense. That just sits well in my head. So I started learning more his, his take on it. And then I started adding my twist to it. And it, ever since then, it just, it's, it's been a, a wonderful journey. I've, I've, it's, I can't thank him enough. He's definitely helped me a lot, how to see and approach the principles of how I look at my nutrients for sure. Well, I'm sure that uh, him being in chat and hearing this unsolicited thank you has probably got him cheesing a little bit right now. And he should. He's, he's a, a good, good dude. dude. Very, very good dude. Knowledgeable guy. And, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure to have him around. He pops. He's done a spotlight episode on the show, and he pops in from time to time in uh, the wormholes there. Uh, so, yeah, great guy for sure. Great source of knowledge. and. Uh, Absolutely. Glad that uh, you've referenced him, by the way, tonight, especially when he's in chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But what I like doing is uh, we've been actually brainstorming. We'll brainstorm. We'll, we'll sometimes we'll have chats. He has these. He holds these chats, and we'll sometimes brainstorm. We've been working on some stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's cool. Like uh, like he um, this uh, I don't know if you heard of the root beer tech that I do. I don't know if you've seen that me do that. Well, he he's the one that I got it I off have. of him. And then I've added a, my little twist to it, and he has a twist to it. Every everybody that does it puts their own little twist to it. But that's the cool thing about the Kenneth philosophy: you use what's around you, you use your intuition. You know what I mean? You could add. It's kind of like it's it's like a, I would say it's like uh it's like wizardry stuff. It's straight up like magic i would say you're literally mixing stuff up and you're making wonderful things happen and it's cool because uh, uh to be specific about the uh, the way that i grow so the way that i approach organic growing if i can give anybody advice because a lot of people i get a lot of questions on this and that the one thing that i would tell anybody is to have a really good uh soil base and if you ask me what that may be, whatever you're really comfortable, it's got to be something that could be recycled. Get a soil that has something that at least that you can recycle and um, that you can make a living soil. That's one thing that I, I would advocate. Try to shoot for a living soil. I don't know. Do you run living soil at all? No, the, the soil that I have in here is basically just a coots mix. You know, earthworms, no nothing, just castings and some inputs. And, 
but no, it's not a, a living soil per se. It's something that I'd like to get into, but as a caregiver um, that runs perpetual harvest, it's hard for me to incorporate like a living bed into my rotation. It was, I had, I had reservations for bringing in the organics because of that reason, to be honest with you. I was afraid all these years I'd kind of, I ran or, you know, soil and organics, but it had been a long time ago. And, you know, I was worried about it throwing off the system. Me not having to water as much, the plants being a little more laggy, you know what I mean? But that wasn't the case, man. They went step for step with the cocoa. The Kootzman went step for step. So, you know, I was excited to get that, you know, see that and be more open about maybe bringing it back in. But to do a living bed and to be able to do the rotation like I'm doing now, there's, that's, I see that to be a hiccup. I see it as a benefit. I'd like to be there, but in my system, I don't know how to incorporate it. What's your, what's your issue that you that you run into? Do you like do you pH all everything? Do you uh, what's what are you like afraid of? Not afraid of, but what's what's making you hesitant about it? That well, be, well, it's the rotation of it all, you know, because uh, it is a perpetual. I'm intense, and and things move pretty quickly, you know what I mean. So they, yeah, I'm I'm constantly up potting. I go from a solo to a one to a three to the 10 to just kind of for space reasons basically you know what i mean it's easier to keep yeah and then move them up as needed you know what i mean bump them up and put them on deck for and it's hard to establish that in a, a living organic system to where they're not constantly shocking them i i think would be the problem yeah, and it would take up, I'm, more or less, I think it would take too much room to put them in their home and keep them there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, that's, I, I you're guess running that's cocoa, right? You're running cocoa or is this what yeah. living soil? Yeah, cocoa. I never really had a, I, it's weird. I, the weirdest thing I had with cocoa, I could never get them to really uh, respond to me until flower. Like they never liked me until flower for some reason in cocoa. I don't know why. I always run into the issue with cocoa. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be, it, it will work great in veg, but they just, it's not like a living soil. Like you, also to the view, uh, next time you do, you should do a, an experiment uh, with like a 10 gallon. You should get some uh, good, uh, good base soil and uh, you should buy a really high quality powdered humic acid. That's, I'm a really big advocate on a uh, humic acid. Uh, if you get, uh, if you get a very good high quality humic acid, it will alleviate a lot of problems that unbeknownst to you might be happening in the medium. It just makes everything plain nice. So if you add anything while you add humic acid, it'll make sure it plays nice in the medium with your roots. That's a pretty good benefit. Is that the only benefit to adding it? Actually, I'd see it as this. You could see it as a, I see it as a lubricant for nutrients. It helps, it helps uh, your plant uptake nutrients and wider pH range. It will also allow you to, uh, to, to, it'll allow, it allows the, the medium to buffer a lot of nutrients. That's the main thing that I use humic acid. I use, I use humic acid, acid with every watering that I have. Every water, I will not water without humic acid. 
every watering is a humic acid watering. I don't know if, you, yeah, it's like a, a humic, are you, are you no, humic acid? a lot. Yeah, exactly. No, I've got, I've, and this is from experience. Uh, two of my main things that I use is humic acid and a uh, soybean amino acid. I don't know if you've ever used a soybean amino acid. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's definitely, if you're going to go to a living soil, in my opinion, this is my opinion, uh, soybean amino acid is one of the highest quality nitrogen sources that you could give a living soil. What's crazy about it, it comes from a plant source and it actually gives the plant energy. So the, the plant, it comes from a familiar source. So when it sees it, it doesn't have to use any energy to take it up. It's actually given energy. And then along with the humic acid, it's kind of like a, a humic acid with amino, with the, with the immune acids. It's like a powerhouse. It's something that I've stumbled across that I could take any garden that's sick. And if I feed a humic acid and a soybean, a real high quality soybean amino acid, it will turn any plant as long as your water source is from around six to about 7.8, if your water source is within that and you add humic acid and a high quality soybean, you will have a very lush garden. I don't know if you see my garden, it's extremely lush and it's lush for those, that, those two reasons. That's uh, good to know. I actually just started to add some amino acids to the plants here uh, with the organics with the organics you know, what is it what, what is little to go pack here um, this is uh from bokashi earthworks uh brandon oh, russ Bra yeah brandon russ yeah he's real yeah he runs uh, soybean yeah that stuff right there that stuff's really good that stuff is amazing oh that amino acid yeah yeah, that so if you should add, be adding uh, humic with that as well, huh? Yeah, so I add about half of, I add about like half a, I would say one fourth for every uh, five gallons of water of humic acid with every watering, just to make sure everything plays nice. It helps me sleep at night. I know that if something's happening in my medium, that the humic acid is buffering the situation and it's made, and even if it does swing, it could, it can uptake in a, in a, in a, in a, in a situation where it's not optimal it makes something that's not optimal and it and it literally forces it to be optimal in 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 my uh in my uh trials with it um i've used many many humic acids it cannot be from a bottle as well if you use a humic acid from a bottle might as well get some water get a bottle put some dirt in the water shake it there you go it's like just it's there it's useless you have to it has to be 80 percent or higher in concentration if you don't get it 80 percent or higher it's not you're not going to see any visual benefit from it whatsoever so uh are you out, still outdoors to this day is that so still right, your main gardening yeah right now i'm doing some light depth so i have a I do a greenhouse situation. I got two greenhouses that I'm running and definitely the way that I want to stay right now. I'm, I am all solar, 100% solar uh, greenhouse. Nice, nice. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough system to run right there. Would you, is that, would that be your ultimate system? Just the greenhouse, keeping it in the greenhouse? Would you go indoors at all ever? I would go indoors. Even consider it. Yeah, I actually, uh, if someone uh, 
you know, ten, uh, uh, gives me an offer for it, yeah, I'll take it. I could do some indoor for sure. The reason why I like the greenhouse is for the full spectrum of the uh, the sun. You know what I mean? I really like cannabis that's grown with the sun. It's just, uh, I feel like it's more healing. Just personal opinion. <laughs> I could see that, to be honest with you. You know, I think there's something in the sun, you know what I mean? Some energy, not just, you know, light, but there's an energy that comes with it. You know what I mean? You just feel it when you're out there in it yourself. You know what I mean? It just brings out that good mood just to see it. You know, it does. Sparks it, it, up. We're, we are children of the sun after all. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with that. Statement. Yeah, but but definitely I love the depth. So I that's something that I'm rocking right now, the depths, and it's uh it's something that I'm rocking hard. And the system that I'm building right now, as you can see, is a, it's a pretty kick-ass system, if I don't say so myself. It's uh, something that I'm very proud of. It's something that uh, it brings me great joy every time I open my door and I'm greeted with extremely beautiful plants that just love me and want to ba bask me in the glory of their energy. And I just it's the most ultimate feeling in the world. I'm very lucky I that I'm able to do this. And it's, and it's, uh, it's an interesting because it wasn't always like this. I'm actually, I used to drive trucks for a living. I owned my own trucking company before this. Yeah, I drove uh, trucks for like six years. I grew on the side personally, but I never, you know what I mean? I never got into how I'm getting into it now. I used to do the trucking thing until COVID came. COVID totally wrecked my life <laughs> big time. <laughs> like it's just that it, my life is 100% turned upside down since last year. And uh, for, but I've turned it into a positive, to be honest with you, man. I went from working 20 hours a day in a truck to losing my ass to now I'm doing something that I've always dreamed of and wanted in my heart. And it's cool that I get to share it with everybody on Instagram. I'm glad you found the dream too. Hopefully, it prospers well for you, my friend. Hopefully, it prospers well for you. So where do you uh, where do you source your inputs for a whole greenhouse and uh, what are what inputs are you sourcing? So I import so the only sources that I that I would say that I purchase are my uh, I sometimes make it, but I really like it in the enzymatic form is my soybean. So everything else I make. So this is how the, I would how my approach when I go to grow with my my greenhouse system, I will use my humic acid and my soybean as my foundation. So that's my foundation. And my other inputs, I one of my favorites is, is an FPE. It's a uh, fermented plant extract of cannabis leaf. So what you do is uh, you, you would grab a bunch of cannabis leaf and then you massage it with a one-to-one -one with brown sugar and you put it in a bucket and you put something heavy over it and 10 days you will be uh, rewarded with a uh, liquid gold and you collect that liquid gold. And that's one of my inputs and that's high, super high in uh, uh, vitamins and uh, hormones. So that's something that I, that I use for my garden. And then also for my, uh, like, just like all the other KNF points for my uh, calcium, you know, I will use a crust oyster shell and ferment that with a uh, vinegar. You know, that's one of the staples of KNF. And then I also will use the, well, the one thing that I do that will piss a lot of KNF purists off is where it comes to my bloom nutrients. So I have a thing that I call it's called a full spectrum bloom nutrient. And it let me get the let me get the list for you guys. I got it written down. I was in my car, but 
I think my battery died. <laughs> I heard that tick, 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 and I kind of pulled my head down. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So Please tell me his battery isn't dead. Yeah, no, I, I didn't want to start the car. The car is very, very loud. You probably wouldn't be able to hear me if I started it. So I was like, oh, whatever. So, okay. So for my, this is where it differs. If, if someone were to see my bloom nutrient and they study KNF, they'd probably be very mad at me because I kind of don't follow the rules like in life. <laughs> I, I like to do things my own way. <laughs> so what I do is um, yeah. normally how they would approach it, they would cut up fruit and mix it one-to-one. And they would uh, they wouldn't mix the fruit. They would do individual fruits, and they would put sugar one to one and let that ferment for ten days to fifteen days. What I do is, I actually uh, I'll use a uh, mango, papaya, zucchini, squash, carrots, apples, and habanero, and I will use a slow juicer. And this is important. You have to use a slow juicer because you can't incorporate too much air and you can't oxidize the nutrients if you do, if you incorporate too much air. So I'll slow juice the carrots to get my uh, liquid material. So then I can add all my other ingredients and I will blend it on slow in my blender, in a, in a, in a Vitamix blender. So already a KNF purist is screaming inside probably like, what in the, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, totally off the wall stuff so i will blend all these ingredients to a nice like gel thick gel consistency and i will let that ferment uh for 15 days and this ferment is a full spectrum ferment this will make beautiful tight resinous flowers it will make your flowers spit resin and for a kicker, I also add my root beers, which, which is a uh, fermented root balls. So what you do is you get your uh, your old root balls and you uh, grab your root bulb of the root and you add it to a five gallon bucket. You add water to that. You put like two, three cups of brown sugar. You let that ferment for 10 days. But at the fifth day mark, this is how I do it. This is my style. At the fifth day mark, I'll add four more cups of brown sugar. And then I'll take a little bit off the fifth day mark and I'll add that to my bloom mix. And then I'll mix that up. And with the added enzymes, it makes the bloom mix more water soluble. It makes it extremely more water soluble. Actually, I almost burned my plants one day by experimenting with it. I was like, oh, wow, it's made it. It makes it way, way. It almost makes it too strong. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. So I'll add that to my bloom mix at day five. And then at day 15, I will actually take some to collect. And then I'll let the, the rest remaining collect for like another 20, 25 days and let it'll get more vinegar. So more amino acids will be present in it. And I'll add that to another bucket uh, with water and I'll throw biochar in that with some, uh, with the, uh, some molasses and I'll use that to inoculate my teas. So it's definitely uh, uh, KNF principled for sure. It's not, you won't read this in a KNF book. I'm going to tell you that much. So a question that was in chat earlier, what would you uh, say would be one of the better KNF books in your opinion? The KNF, um, I would read, the Master Cho has, uh, there's an updated version of it, the Master Cho one, and also the Jadam one. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily advocate you could read them if you want to do KNF. I would try to focus more on the, the principles of what it is. So pretty much the principles of KNF is you're letting enzymes and microbes 
make nutrients that are stuck in cell walls of other plants water soluble. So that's the main concept that you have to get. It's not necessarily a book. You just need to get that concept down. You're using mother nature's enzymes and, and bacteria and microbes to break down plant matter so that you can have a nutrient source that's water soluble. But yeah, a book to read would be any of the KNF staples that are out there. I would say go look at YouTube. Uh, YouTube is a better source, I would say. Uh, go look at uh, Chris Trump and Drake and stuff like that. Learn the, the basics. And uh, if you get comfortable, maybe you could start doing, you know, with World Last Hope and what I do and some of the other guys. We're trying to push the envelope a little bit. We're trying to do specifically cannabis-related stuff. We're trying to push KNF in the way that it's cannabis-specific. We're doing things that are to benefit cannabis only. Yeah, it could benefit others as well, but we're, we're only interested in cannabis. So that's our take on it. So I would say learn up on the philosophies because once you learn the philosophies behind how a nutrient's made, you're going to, your mind will be open and you'll never see a nutrient company the same because you're going to think like, okay, well, how, how much am I getting ripped off here? How easy is this for me to make and have power in my own two hands to bring it to my garden that will benefit my family? Because in the end, we do this for family. I'm here to empower somebody's family because this helps my family out. And I know somebody out there is doing it for their family and I want to help their family out because it's, I think that's sacred right there. A lot of people don't want to help people out anymore. It's, it's sad. There's room for all of us at the top. A true leader will make other leaders bar none. No, make no excuses. If you want to learn, I will teach you. You know what I mean? I, I, I of course, there's a point where I would like to be compensated if I'm good were to go out to a farm or something like that. But other than that, I give information freely a lot of the times. But if you're going to take my time, I definitely want, you know what I mean? I definitely would def I would want to be compensated for sure. But I see it as we're guys like like you said, that in the KNF, it's getting pushed right now. We are pushing an envelope right now with cannabis that hasn't been seen before to do things the cleanest way possible. These are guys that care tremendously about the world around them because if they didn't, they wouldn't be. It's a pain in the ass to make all these uh, inputs. It's not something that you could do just uh, just not thinking about it. You got to think it out. You got to be. It's got to be a conscious thing that gets thought out thoroughly. And it's a lot of effort instead of just getting a bottle off the shelf. No, no, no. You're going to grab some supplies, some sugar, some material. You got to make sure that you're monitoring, make sure that the fermentation is not getting soiled by any bacteria that shouldn't be in there. It's a, it's like, it's, I see it as this, I see it as, it's like, are you, have you ever smoked meat? Are you, are you familiar with smokers? Oh yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's like a Traeger versus a stick burner. I'd rather have the stick burner. Yeah, you got to monitor that fire. You got to throw those logs in every 30 minutes, half hour. Uh, but you get a more controlled burn. You have a more control over your 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 situation. It's the same thing with, with KNF. You you It's somebody that wants total control over their garden to be a master, a true master at their craft. And that's what I am after. I am trying to understand. I need to understand. I cannot lie to myself. Something that is, I find a lot of us are having common. We do not want to lie because what the first lie was, was cannabis was bad. No, it's not. I'm still alive. I've been smoking forever. How dare you lie to me? What else are you lying to me about? You know what I mean? It's that rabbit hole. So power to the people. 
So if you mixed up your uh, your nutrients there, how do you determine uh, like strength levels? How to what? How and what to feed? So that's where you go back to KNF. Like they'll normally have like one to five milliliters. So you want to start with the principle how the how they normally uh, dose KNF recipes. You want to start from one to five milliliters, and through trial and error, one hundred percent. Uh, it's all done through trial and error, but you want to start from one to five because all of these nutrient uh, extracts are highly concentrated. I could, if I give too much of my full spectrum bloom nutrient, I'll burn all my tips and I'll burn all my leaves, just like a a, a, a really high uh, PK booster would, just like that. But yeah, do trial and error, trial and error. If I can tell anybody, trial and error. You listen to your plants. Your plants will let you know everything you need to know. So what are some of uh, some of the stuff that you can source for like a veg? For veg? For what veg, I would, I would source fish. So one of the things that I do is I recharge my soil every two weeks with a fish amino acid. And the reason why I do that is because the mycelium and the microbes, they love fish. It's the ultimate food source for microbes. So every two weeks, I will inoculate my soil with, an F- with a fish amino acid to recharge my, to recharge my living soil. Cause a living soil to me is something that has microbes, bacteria, beneficial, uh, um, bugs that are attracted with all that good life. But that's my approach. I would use a I, FFA fish amino acid would be one of the ones I would go to if you're using for veg. But if you're, like I said, if you want to use something for vet, use a soybean amino acid. It's, it's, it, to me, this is my opinion. This is where a lot of my stuff differs from a lot of other guys is, uh, except for like guys like Russ Brandon, Russ Brandon would probably, uh, would agree with me. <laughs> That's why he has gorgeous, uh, green lush plants because the soybean amino acid, especially if you start learning the science behind what makes it so special and the fact that it's a plant feeding a plant, it's a go-to. So I would go with the soybean amino acid and a fish amino acid for your veg. So is there uh you want to just walk, like maybe walk us through, you know, the process and some of the stuff that you would offer throughout? Yeah, definitely. Offer in what way? What do you, can you clarify that? Well, you know, uh, let's, you know, next step, you know, early flower. What are some of the suggestions you would uh, give us for like an early flower? For an early flower? So I would just use my full spectrum bloom mix. And use it from start. I use my bloom mix from beginning of onset of flowers all the way. I will use it till chop day. All the way till chop day. Just my bloom mix, not anything else. Just uh, that's safe to use all the way till chop. From beginning to end. Simple. Uh, (laughs) James Chung would like to know, what's your thoughts on uh, using fish waste water? Fish wastewater. See, that's the beautiful thing about KNF principles. You use what's around you. I believe if in your situation, if that's what you have, you can make it work for you. And since it comes from a fish source, the microbes will love it because it's they love fish. Microbes absolutely love fish. They go crazy for it. So, yeah. So, uh, well, what are some of your tactics? Uh, what are just some of your tactics through flower? 
through flowers. I mean, so this is what do you this mess is what with I, your girls. Yeah. Mm, this is what I, I do. Keep cutting you up. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. So this is what I do. With my tactics. I uh, a lot of people like to uh, to um, this is what I'll do. I will start my uh, fish, not my fish amino acid. I will use my uh, full spectrum bloom nutrient at about four ounces per. I would say per thirty gallons of water. I feed like I feed uh I have 24 plants and they're all in 100 gallons so each one will use about five to ten gallons of water every five days five six days so what I'm this is how like for instance let's say tomorrow's a feed day so I will prepare an FPE that I already have had uh, which is a fermented plant extract of cannabis leaves for hormones and uh, vitamins then I would uh, take my full bloom spectrum nutrient and I would feed it that and I'll also will feed it some uh uh calcium from uh from my fermented calcium from my uh oyster shell and uh um vinegar and one thing i use that's magnesium i use powdered lagmanite i i think i'm saying that right that's something that i'll use because it has a sulfur content to it as well i don't know if you've used that stuff it's kind of like pink i use it in like a a, a solution grade it's like a pink powder it's very fine and that's one thing that I don't ferment because it already comes with sulfur and other elements and magnesium that is just a good go-to. So those are the things that I will use during flower. And I, in the beginning, I won't use any, I'll, I'll just use my, my fermented, my full bloom mix. And like week three and on, I'll start adding the magnesium and the calcium more heavily. And then towards the end, I'll only finish off with my, uh, with my full spectrum bloom nutrient. So that's pretty much how it, how it would go. But I keep it real simple. It's only yeah, super simple. I will use and only three uh, for veg. I'll even use like three inputs, and for flour, I'll probably be up to six inputs. So I use six inputs in flour and three in veg. What about training techniques? You want to talk about some kind of training techniques that you use uh, in your methods? Absolutely, I am an advocate for LST. I love I love training the uh the branches and uh super cropping and topping so i'll super crop top and lst to promote the auxins the hormones to to allow lateral branching and root searching to give a very robust thick canopy with lots of heads lots and lots of hot sites so lst topping and and, and uh super cropping i use those three techniques heavily and stripping. I also strip as well. I'm an advocate for stripping. So I'll strip day one of flower, day 20, and I think day like 40, I believe, if, if need be. Sometimes it's not needed. Do you super crop at all in flower, in the flower stages, in the first few weeks of flower? I have. When they touch some, I've had some touch the same animals, and I'll super crop that bitch. I'll just be like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. I asked. I asked because early on, uh, I, I interviewed uh, Sonia Wait What, which was a great guest, uh, female Russian grower. She came here from Russia early on, and then you know, pretty awesome canvas story. But she had uh, one technique she had suggested during flower was uh, super cropping. You know, the first one to three weeks in between nodes she was going through and just kind of giving them a little pop 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 all the way and uh 
I, I definitely instilled it and noticed a big difference when I, uh, you know, incorporated that, but it worked well with the low stress training, you know, uh, right in the first few stages of the flower there worked really well. Yeah, I was I just was wondering, too. since you, you said too, it, yeah. I wondered if you had incorporated it like that as well. Yeah, LST, I use that heavily. It's, if, without LST, there's no way. If you're not LSTing pretty much, it's pretty much training your canopy. If you're not LSTing, you're kind of not utilizing your space. That's how I feel. Like, I think it's a must because you could turn a situation that was all right to like, oh, it's a very good situation now. Dude, just training through simple LST. You don't even have to talk or anything like that. Really. The amount of uh, branching that you'll get, like a lot of guys will ask me why I don't take any of my lowers. I don't take any of my lowers when I'm doing big plants at least because a lot of the lowers will reach all the way to the top if you LST. The bottom branches will go all the way to the very, very top if you LST a plant. It'll, it will, it'll, you will get those auctions moving around and you'll get those uh, those suits to just start shooting for the sky. Nice. Oh, that's a good question there. Cheddar Baba has asked, uh, have you failed any tests from using KNF too late? Too late. Can you? I would say I don't use any that has that's heavy in metal so no i'm not i don't spray in flower as well so i my flowers are not sprayed at all i they're not sprayed and there's not i don't use kelp as well because i know if you use kelp you will fail a metal test if you're using kelp so be careful with that but no if you oh also um yes you have to watch out there's some kind of inputs that ask for like see things from the sea and you have to watch out with those things because you will fail, fail tests when it comes to inputs that revolve around the sea life, because the sea life scrubs the, the, the world around it of uh, toxins. So you gotta be very, very careful when you're using stuff like that. Like like the fish stuff, you gotta, I don't use the fish at late in the flower because of that. Yeah, you, if you get a fish that's high in metals or something like that, you, you, the possibility to fill in a test is, 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 is there for sure. Um, so, from a KNF standpoint, I would I'd like to ask you, uh, you know, I make I make a lot of bubble hash. It's past time, past time. I need to make some bubble hash. But when I'm making my bubble, I like to feed that water to my plants. So from a KNF state, uh, from a KNF standpoint. What what what's coming out of it? And I guess moreover, now I listen to you speak a little bit. Should I be setting it aside maybe a day and throw some sugar in there before I uh, I feed it to my plants? Would that be a benefit to add some sugars in there before and so maybe let it, it sit? So check this out. Actually, World Glass Hope has actually pioneered some of that. Uh, if you ever heard of uh, the fermented bubble hash water, that's World Glass Hope right there. He, he, no, he, I haven't heard of it. I just it's something that I've always done because it just kind of made sense to be honest does. with you. Oh, no, exactly. It, it, you're absolutely right. Those are the things that are like kind of common, like great minds think alike. It's common sense. You kind of like this feels like it would. It's like it, it, it's intuition. You know what I mean? It, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is beneficial. There's microbes and and uh, and uh, microbes that will cultivate to that goodness. So, yeah, in definitely. fact, as I talked to a lot of growers, as I, you know, through the years, I would tell them that they'd look at me like I was freaking retarded, you know, like, no, not at all. Feed that shit to your plants. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, 
they yeah. will love you for it. You know what I mean? They always perk up after that watering. Yep. So check this out. That's one. See that theory right there, and that principle that you've come across is one of the biggest things that I could give anybody that's listening to us right now. Plants love to be fed other plants. Period. If you ever come across anything that's ever, I me mean, personally, that's ever worked great for a garden, it came from another plant. One hundred percent. Plants love other plants. That that you should hold that in your mind and let that guide you. Plants love feeding other plants. It, they love it. So they're, they're kind of cannibalistic by nature, then, eh? <laughs> right? Yeah, for real. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a familiar source. It's something that they're comfortable with. It's something when it comes back to them, they're like, oh, it's like a, all right, I know this. I'm comfortable with this. I know this. I could dig this. It is definitely uh, a different ball game. So how uh, do you... You're in your greenhouse now, but would you rather be in ground? Would you see the? Can you see the benefits of plants being in the ground and being able to communicate with one another through the micro process? Do you believe they can trade off? You believe they? Well, honestly, you're a living soil guy, so you honestly probably do believe that they can trade off nutrients back and forth and kind of tell each other yeah you need some of this i got it over here you can can pass it a little bit through the soil yep that's the beautiful world of the mycelium and fungi you know what i mean they are an extension of the roots and through that extension they are sending their positive vibes and sending it out towards other receptacle beings plant form or not (laughs) i agree with you 100 yes they definitely uh uh, definitely are connected on a deeper level that I don't even think we can ever understand, to be honest with you. I do. I'm, I seen a picture the other day, uh, kind of, I sent it to Smiley. I can't remember who the hell posted it, but it was a cool picture. And it was uh, kind of, it, uh, it was a perfect example of the how plants communicate through the, the network there. And it was two trees uh, side by side and the roots were like underground and they were like shaking hands underground. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, it, it's, I honestly believe that's the way it works right there. You know, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And though I know I do container growing. So like, I definitely they're probably have to send it through airwaves <laughs> because they're definitely not, uh, they're not connected and gr- on ground level, but I'm going to be switching to beds. So hopefully I could get that reconnection reconnected. Do you expect to get the same performance out of beds? I mean, how difficult do you think that transition will be? I don't think, uh, see the thing with uh, my, the, the system that I have uh, come up with, I believe I can implement it anywhere and it will make anything thrive. The thing about my system is I don't amend my soil. I don't top dress. I want a soil that has nothing in it. I want not absolutely nothing in my soil. I want to give it everything. I take a hydro approach when it comes to feeding my plants. I give my plants everything when they need it. Exactly. You know, like I would say a blank slate and then I'll charge the soil with microbes and then after that, it's all me after that. I'll let I'll feed the soil and then the soil will feed the plant. 
but I definitely am not. I only get like if I don't feed my plants in two weeks, they will lose nutritional value. They will start turning yellow. They I literally only I I, I have them in two week increments with me. So I'm always feeding them constantly. Every time I water, I feed pretty much almost as well. It's rarely when I don't feed in water. So what do you Very plan little. to use for aeration in these beds? Out of, just uh, out of curiosity. So the soil that I'm using right now, I would, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this uh, leaky gardens. It's one of the greatest soils I've ever put my hands on. It's it's meant to be recycled. They it, I, the the symbiotic relationship that the microbes will have with this soil will br- will make sure that it's uh, always happy, and uh, it won't. I don't think I will ever run into a problem with a, a true living soil. This is a true living soil, something that's alive and it has its own ecosystem. You won't have run into that problem because there's always gas exchanges and exchanges happening through different fungi and bacteria and different processes that are happening through the exchange of the roots that you, as long as you're not overwatering, you're going to be, you're not going to run into any problems. I don't, I don't see that as at all run into any problems. So let's uh, slip down uh, another path, if you don't mind. Cannabis still. Cannabis still. But let's uh, slip down to uh, the breeding side of things. Of course, your uh, Bad Company Seeds, which is one of my... Bad Company is one of my all-time favorite beds, by the way. So I, I dig I dig the seed name, by the way. <laughs> Thank as soon you. as I seen it pop up, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, let's let's head down down that road. What what made you decided to to do a little breeding? What made you want to go there? So the breeding aspect, I breed autoflowers right now, and uh, a lot of people give me shit over that because a lot of people hate on autoflowers. But I see autoflowers as a very special thing to me for the simple fact I believe autoflowers are going to be the future, and I don't mean the future of cannabis like it's going to take over and everybody's going to be smoking autoflowers. No, I mean it's going to be that uh, that that contact point for somebody that does not care about cannabis to an extent like we do that can grow something and it be not how they don't have to worry about light schedule and all this or that it's very low maintenance they they're they don't take nutrients like regular plants they they're very uh uh, they don't even they're light you can have them on and i grow mine in the shade they do wonderful in the shade i see autoflowers like the guitar hero so to speak you know what i mean like uh it's the guitar hero of the cannabis world it's something that you could feel like you're being a part of it but not having to know the chords or any of the lingo or you know what i mean so that's what got me into autoflowers oh this is interesting this is something that uh i want to dabble in and what also interests me is the fact that their life cycle is only like 60 70 days so you can implement a breeding strategy and you can see it happen uh within a generation quick you can have like multiple generations within a year so you can learn breeding strategy through one year that it would take maybe somebody four or five years so I use it as a training tool for my breeding so that I can practice my, my, my breeding strategy. That's the best way that I explain it. That's what got me into autoflowers so that I, I could breed something and see if that quality was actually something that I was shooting for and was it actually coming out in that plant. And I can see it happen quicker over time than it would take somebody like four or five years, like I was saying. I could have like four or five, six, seven generations. Some of them are 30 days. They're done. I mean, like 60 days, they're done like insane insane like totally done 60 days you're like what the hell (laughs) 
So it's a very interesting uh, plant, to say the least. And that's what got me into them. And uh, I started researching a lot. Of auto, a lot of autoflowers suck, though. I'm going to tell you that. There is a lot of autoflowers that absolutely are horrible. I mean, they're just, they, they have no flavor. Like, they'll have smell and flavor. And then when you go to dry them and cure them, they lose everything. It's like what what happened. A lot of them will do that. So I've went through many many companies, and I, for fun, I picked all my favorites and I started breeding with them. So that's how it started. You know that kind of background towards it. I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna pick my favorites, and I'm gonna learn how to do my breeding. So when I apply it to the, my main stuff, like because I'm eventually gonna get into breeding regular cannabis lines, but I'll have a lot of knowledge on where I want to go before that beforehand, so to speak. But that's what got me into the whole auto flower thing. Man, I love your uh, your perspective on like a fast forward crash course and a reasoning for going with the breeding of uh, the autos first. Uh, I can dig it. I can dig it, to be honest with you. So, you know, what are some of the triggers in autos? I think that's a one thing a lot of people would like to know. And I'm confused about myself, you know what I mean? Uh what are some of the things that actually trigger it into that flowering uh, stage? And what are some of the things that we could do to uh, buy us some time so we could get a little bit bigger plan out of it? So the main thing I would say is resistance to the roots. When they get a lot of resistance in the roots, it'll make them flower. They hate resistance. If you can have something, that's why if you do an auto flower in like a DW, like in a, like in a hydroponic setup, they grow massive. They grow, they, you, they have no resistance in the roots. So they're able to flower. They'll flower a little longer sometimes. Sometimes they'll flower quicker, but they'll get larger in the, in, in the same time frame that it would be in the soil. But yes, root resistance is what I would say. They don't like to be resisted in the media. As soon as they feel resistance, they start, uh, it triggers that, that root in them and it makes them do their thing. But yeah, I would say root resistance. Uh, you could use that to also add to your advantage. You could trick it into either flowering faster or stunting it so that it kind of takes it out. And by up potting it, it where you get it to where it almost going to hit resistance and you up pot it and then it has a relief and it kind of will extend it for a week or two, which is like forever for an auto. So if you weren't going to, you know, think about, you know, up potting it at some point, which would be the better method? Would you go for a short, wide or would you go for, a, you know, a tall pot? That is a lot of debate. Uh, I just feel like once they start hitting the sides of walls of the pots, they'll want to flower. Once they start hitting that resistance. So I would say, uh, for some reason, I had better luck with longer, with longer pots that are like deeper. I mean, deeper pots. I'm sorry about that. Like deeper pots. They like deeper pots because they are searching and searching and searching. And it takes a while for them to get to the corners of it and all the way to the bottom until they start feeling some real resistance but a wider pot it's not going to be too much because once they hit that that bottom they'll hit any resistance it's all about resistance with auto flowers they do not like to be strangled in their root, root zone so you want something that's uh free flowing as much as possible for as long as possible so you feel like that uh, autos may be like the perfect choice for a sustainable outdoor grow 
to where you're not uh, depleting the soil. That's one thing that I'm kind of curious to see uh, how things will turn out in the long run. You know, as any other outdoor crop right now, we kind of got to shift things around. Corn can deplete a soil, so you kind of got to shift crops around. And I'm wondering to see how, you know, cannabis will treat a soil in multi-runs outdoors like that or do you think you know we'll be better off in a, a light nutrient plant like autos outdoors where where might just be good forever <laughs> on the same lot i see autos right now i there's there are some autos right now that are contenders 100 percent, what you just said but they're very far and few between there's probably maybe like a handful of cultivars that are really worth it. And the ones that are breeding, like Mephisto, Mephisto's breeding some killer stuff. Night Owl, Night Owl is fires coming out of Night Owl. Uh, Mandalorian Genetics, extreme fires coming out of Mandalorian Genetics. Um, um, there's a um, Twisted Autoflowers as well. I think Twisted is a good one too. Um, um, Medtree, I don't know if you ever heard of them. Medtree has some of the most underrated autoflowers. Their autoflowers are awesome as well med tree autoflowers are real good but right now i don't see uh anybody taking them ex- really serious maybe for oil i could see them as a potential for extract artists 100 percent. something that uh especially like uh what mandalorian genetics is doing i've read with uh with their with his bobby's widow i really like his bobby's widow and um it's it spits everything you cross that to it just spits uh, resin out and it's something i could see somebody running a bunch of those and then processing it all into extracts or something like that but as of like a uh, main contender it's not there yet uh, it's almost there but i'm hopefully helping push that along too with everybody else out there in the world <laughs> you snag you, you outright snag my next question out from under me about uh Autos being the perfect choice for oils or extracts there. So get a, skip that one. Throw that one right over. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, what are some of the the uh, strains you're proud of are, that are available from you now that you're uh, you're proud of? Well, you've got to be proud of all of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the list, right? I guess that's kind of an unfair question. But what's available? I guess there we go. What's available? So I'm looking at like 15 autos in the background, but the ones that I put out are about one I'm most uh, happy with is my Victory Betsy, which is uh, Mandalorian's Bob's Widow crossed with, uh, with uh, Night Owl's uh, 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 Wizard Apprentice. And that thing is, uh, it's like on an F3 now, I believe, or F4. It's it, man. That thing is wicked. I love that little plant. It smells like fuel and kush with like a blueberry pancake. Like, no, no, a blueberry hint to it. It's, it's, it's insane, man. It's, uh, it's nice, uh, hard, dense buds. I love that plant. It doesn't get very big, though. The autos that I have, they're not going to be something that you're going to put. It's going to get super huge. It's going to be something that you can grow. You're going to be very proud of. It's going to be a very nice flower, but it's not going to, it's not, you're not going to be growing pounds out of these things. That's for sure. It's, it's, you know, it's something I, I see it as a, the picture I see as the ultimate house, uh, house plant. Something you put in a sunny area or in, um, you know what I mean? But victory at sea would be my flagship, I would say. And then a uh, runner up from that would be my queen Anne's revenge, which is uh, Mephisto's, um, uh, creme de la uh, creme de la cam mixed with uh, um, my the, with 
Buddy's Widow. And that one is super, that one's weird because the Bobby's Widow blueberryness, it gave a, uh, I found a creme de la creme that was blueberry as well. And it has like a blueberry pancake batter, like straight up blueberry pancake batter. Smelled it. It smells just like that. Very interesting and deep with a cam funk to it. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. That, that would Sounds be delicious. Yeah. That is my first, uh, um, what is it? My first uh, female uh, fan line is uh, my Spitfire, which is a uh, OG Kush Auto mixed with uh, Landlock Funk, which is binary seats uh, genetics. I mixed the, uh, an OG Auto with, a, oh, with that one. And then that one is like the second gen, third, second generation. And it's a real nice OG. Uh, OG uh, it kind of smells like Charas, like cash. That's what it reminds me of. Like Charas, like a very cashy smell plant to it. Yeah, those are my three that I offer on this on the site right now that I'm proud of that I I would let the world uh, see and put into their hands and I think bring smiles for sure if you're in auto flowers at least. So I got a couple questions about uh, auto breeding there. Uh, so. How many how many rounds do you have to go before you actually got something that's auto stable? I guess you would call it. So, They say you're on, uh, they're saying here in chat, your mic's a little bit funny. Is there anything we can do to maybe flip the phone around or to get a little bit better mic? Whatever you did, it sounds like I heard you a lot better. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> as soon as you, when you grabbed it there, I, I can hear you, but that's what they're saying. So my next question about uh, auto breeding there is, um, is it better to take uh, the male, the auto male to a photo female or take a photo female or male to an auto female? What I like to do, I like, I like to go with the male, uh, auto male to a, uh, to uh, uh, me personally, I would go with a, uh, I would find an auto male that I really like a stud and I would go and find a photo period females. And that's how I would go and approach it myself. Just for the fact that it's really hard to go about males. And if you find a really good male, the, the, um, 
you'll have at least a really good uh you'll get good meals back that's how i see it you'll get if you find that really good mail you'll you'll at least get have lineage of good mails in there auto mills and then when you get and when you find because that's where it's really at if you find a really good auto mill you can really make some females really really shine because that's a lot of a lot of that's where the real i would say breeders shine is they get they get those star males because everybody doesn't who cares about males a lot of at least a lot of people don't really put too much effort into males except for breeders so i would say find your starship male that for me personally i would say so if you're going to try it if i was going to do it that's how i would do it you can do it either you can do it any way you, you'd like to be honest with you but that's how i would approach i'm right now Kinder Gross is asking, can you ask him the most indica effect strain is or that he has tried? Indica effect. I am going to have to say uh, Master Kush. I, I'm talking about the old three Master Kush, though. The uh, the real deal, I, that's, that will, uh, I have had an auto out-of-body experience with that queen. <laughs> yeah, the real deal, Master Kush. I can't find it anymore. If anybody has it, please, please, please send it my way. <laughs> like, yeah, I would love a cut. Some real, like, a O3 Master Kush, I think is, like, one of the ultimate Kushes that I've ever came across. It literally smells like if you were to go and get the best earth and soil and inhale it. It's like the flavors. Uh, that's my favorite flavor is uh, earthy, earthy, soily, dang goodness. Uh, anybody out there that has the Master Kush? I'll take two. <laughs> we'll yeah. both take one because yeah. if it's giving out uh, out of body experiences, yeah. I definitely want to smoke some of that shit because I'm in for that kind of buzz. Yeah, I smoked that and I was literally walking with some buddies and I, I took one step out of my body and then my body caught up with me. I mean, like, what was my body? <laughs> it was the weirdest sensation I've ever had in my life. And only Master Kush has ever done that to me. And I will forever always have that dear to my heart. It's just something that always, it's just, the, I think it's the flavor, everything. It's just, it's a, it's a, an amazing plant. Oh man, you know, a lot of that feeling would scare a lot of people, but not me. <laughs> I've always joked around about the whole uh, reefer madness thing, how that was supposed to scare people. I'm like, shit, man, I'd love to hit some of that reefer madness week. That melts into the couch, like, shit, I'll take two of whatever she's having. <laughs> For me, man. For me, that right there, that feeling, that strain is some straight-up OG Kush. Yep. Double up like you should. You know, the two joints, smoke two joints before you smoke two joints. Yeah. Them, them uh, OGs were great for me. They, one, are nice, you know, let the pain go, get some shit done, get up and get some shit done. Two, you're the lady on the couch. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Before I go with you, I'm right there with you, 100. <laughs> yeah, good times for sure. Oh, man, I, uh, you know, it's funny about that is, um, you know, that was one of my first strains that taught me a lesson 
in uh, bringing multiple strains into the garden. You know, most strains you build up a tolerance to, and you know, you're like, yeah, it's good, it's good. I need something else. But OG Kush was the first strain I grew that it was like, dude, you've got to grow something else because you keep smoking that shit. You can get nothing done. <laughs> I literally monocropped that a couple of times, and it was like six months to a year just coming home after work. Like I said, doubling up. You smoked that first one, smoked that second one, then it was like the couch. I'm like, man, I got to get shit done, man. I can't keep doing this, man. I was as fire as that bud was, and I was gladly like trading up with friends, man. I'm like, man, I need something a little less strong so I could like do shit. (laughs) Yeah. We completely lost you, Kato. Can you see me? You're, hey, oh, we can see you. We lost your mic. I don't know what it was. We lost your mic there for a second. What about now? Maybe you covered it. Uh, we're good now. We're good now. Yeah, good OG has no ceiling. It has, doesn't have a tolerance. You can smoke it, and an hour later, smoke it again, and you're right back to right back sky high. <laughs> can you hear me? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So what are some of the other turp profiles that do you like or have you tried? I mean, like Uh, we said, they can't always be OG because we'd never get anything done. (laughs) There's got to be something a little less uh, floating around. uh, The ones that I've liked are like the that are interesting are like the uh, floral turps. Something that's kind of reminds you like of like orangey floral turps. I like like orange floral turps. Um, I would say I really don't like the candy stuff, like the sweet stuff. It really turns me off because it's usually that flower to me doesn't have any flavor. Every time I've read, I just anything sweet that I've ever came across that smells like candy, it's always sucked to me. So I like more of like if it smelled like if it had an orange smell to it, it tasted at least good. And if it had a floral, like a nice bouquet of flower smell, it had like a nice uh, undertone. Of, uh, of awesomeness to it but yeah i i normally like the ogs i'm like a, i like soil i like like the hash hashy flavors i'm mostly a guy like that i just try to stick to only those flavors just for the simple fact that it's they, it it always pleases it never never disappoints i could never if you get off a good flower like a good uh like cush cushy flower it's never disappoints but yeah i'm more into the uh, floral and uh if i go out of that aspect floral and orangey and tangy kind of kind of uh, terps. So do you think that uh, you know your K and F style when it comes to breeding makes a difference in the quality and size of seed? Um, I would say absolutely. If there's one thing uh, that it does is it makes plants nutrient dense. It will make Anything, a flower, a seed, a vegetable, uh, it makes nutrient-dense uh, plants. Can it, also, too, when you grow cannabis cane, what you'll notice is your plants will be greasy. 
extremely greasy. I'm talking about like a grease factory greasy, like where your hands are coated and you're, it's a weird sensation. Definitely. If you're not used to it. You know, I think that's funny that you bring that up. And I don't, I think it's, uh, as I talk to a lot more and more extract artists, it seems to be, uh, organics seems to be their, their, uh, go-to choice for plants. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons right there or that they know or no, don't know. I know, you know, it's for turf profiles over a, a louder weed, but, uh, I wonder if it's, they've noticed the oil production, the extra oil production as well. Well, if I was an extract artist, I would be using KNF because it's in, it's incredible. It's an incredible asset if you're doing extracts. The, 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 the amount of uh, resin and terpene production that the plant will go into overdrive with, with a, with a nutrient-dense KNF program, inspired program, it's, it, it's far none. I Check this out. So I recently, I like making RSO oil. I'll make RSO gummies for my wife. So I recently washed some of my Bubba Kush to make some RSO oil, and it turned into sugar. Because it had so many terpenes present into it. I was like, what the hell? I was like, it was, I've never, like, yeah, I was just, it didn't want to collect. It literally crystallized and it turned, it would turn into sugar. And it, and it was, uh, it would move at room temperature. And it was the craziest RSO that I ever ran it. And it was one of the ones that I ran 100% with my, my uh, blue mix that I have. My full spectrum blue mix, it made my RSO crystallize. I mean, uh, uh, sugar up. And I've never seen that with any other uh uh, plant that I've ever RSO'd. It's always, you know, stayed that uh, oil consistency, that thick oil consistency, which is insane because the terpene content present in it, it's, uh, it goes over the top. I mean, it makes your plants turn into a grease factory. Your plants will literally have like a sheen to them and uh, your leaf, it just, uh, I don't know, if you look at my pictures, you'll understand. My pictures, a lot of people uh, trip all on my leaf because the way that they are, they're very, uh, I love the way that my plants look. They're very uh, representative of the style. And it's, uh, it's if you want to push your plants, you definitely want to be feeding them other plants. Because if you are trying to do extracts, then I don't see any other method you should be messing with. You're going to have a flower that's more superior. And only more superior, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have that flavor. It's going to just, it's just going to ooze flavor. If that plant... In, what it does is it unlocks the genetic potential in that plant. So as a grower, our main goal is the genetic expression. All we're trying to do is allow the plant to genetically express the variety of, of genes that it possesses. If it has a gene that it produces a certain flavonoid or, or terpene, well, guess what? KNF will bring that to the forefront and push it. It'll just, oh, you uh, smell orange? You're going to smell super orange and you're going to be super greasy and you're just going to, you touch me, you're not going to be able to use your phone because your phone's going to, your hands are going to be all caked. And if I touch my flowers, I, it's funny, uh, Will's last hope gave me a, a tip. He goes, you should put your phone in a, in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to probably start doing that because it's insane when you grow KNF inspired flower. You'll literally, one touch in your hand, you, your fucking hand is useless. <laughs> you have to wash it. intense so do you think there's any one input there that is responsible for uh oil production i would have to say it's the tri it's the entourage effect of all of the uh 
the fruit that is used for it and also the high sugar content and carbohydrates and uh also what people don't realize knf has a lot of vitamins and hormones in these plants there's a, it, they're packed with vitamins and just like if we eat vitamins you know your hair will grow faster your nails get thicker and they start growing at a fucking uh, 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 uh a noticeable rate that you'll notice like oh my nails are growing faster same thing with cannabis it'll push these uh through the vitamins it just supercharges their whole uh genetic expression So what are some inputs that uh, you can offer us um, for uh, density? Density? Natural PGRs, yeah. Uh, If anybody's interested, look up my full bloom spectrum. You will have the tightest, um, densest flowers that you uh, have come across, for sure. You, You could chop at week three, four, and still have weight. Kind of stuff like that. It it literally will... they, they, They will form super tight dense buds from the beginning they don't get airy and then get dense they start dense and then they just plump up from that point so that's uh if if anybody's interested you look up my full bloom uh, spectrum nutrient and feed that from beginning to end and tell me if uh, it doesn't put a smile on your face Well, we're always looking to put our smile, some smiles on our faces as growers, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's definitely a way to go, for sure. If you want density, for sure, it's it's the way to go. I I would never grow any other way, but... uh, by but the way that i grow right now for sure it's i've tried a lot of different ways when it comes to organic growing and i believe we're a couple handful of guys in the industry right now that are pushing cannabis. we're at the pinnacle at the very tip the point and we're pushing it and helping you know this journey and this saga that this cannabis is taking us all on so uh what about bob is uh saying in chat uh sulfur for oils i know sulfur for terpenes but i've never really heard of sulfurs for oils do would you agree with that so many sulfur or what do you mean well sulfur in general you know is a nutrient sulfur i would say sulfur is an underrated nutrient that uh a lot of uh growers kind of don't think about you know they're, they're thinking of the uh Calmag, everybody, you know, it's a meme. Calmag, what does it need? It needs Calmag. No, it needs sulfur. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it it helps with the uh, pr- with the formation of flowers for sure. If you if you're not feeding your uh, plants sulfur or s- at least a magnesium substance that has sulfur in it, you're not. You are. It's like um, you are uh, running a race with your with with a uh, with a Charlie horse. It's not gonna. You're going to get there, but it's, it's not going to be the same. You're, it, sulfur is a very important ingredient. You can also run into problems without sulfur that you may think are other problems like magnesium problems or maybe a nitrogen deficiency. Sulfur, and it might be a sulfur problem because sulfur will also help green up plants and help uh, facilitate nutrient uptake of other nutrients. Kind of like a, I believe in the, uh, the buffet model, you know, give the plant everything and it will take when it needs it. But sulfur needs to be in that buffet. I agree. I definitely agree. I, I, it's an, it's an everyday in my watering or every watering ingredient around here. That's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. 
anybody. I actually think that's one of the main uh, LEDs. Yeah, where we kind of call them, uh, plants a lot magnesium magnesium deficient under LEDs, but I th I'm starting to think uh, it's actually a lot of sulfur uh, deficient as well. Yeah, exactly. It'll show up uh, with those being used there. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that. But see, you have a close relationship with your plants, and a lot of a lot of guys growing they're they don't have this relationship because they're growing for maybe other reasons that are maybe not in tuned with the plant. I I'll grow a plant because I love to grow. Like, yeah, you can have benefits of smoking it, but I enjoy being around the plant. I think you as well. So you have noticed these attributes like, Oh wait, it's possibly this, you know what I mean? And it's, it's cool to, to be around plants and understand them in these ways and figure figure them out I, I love that i just love it to be around them like i think it's this and then implementing it and it being that you know what i mean you're like oh nice it feels good it's a very rewarding feeling <laughs> for sure to problem solve with these plants chibo man chibo man one of our regulars around here is asking uh where do you where can they find your uh full broom spectrum is there somewhere where they can find uh, the complete recipe, like say on your Instagram? So right now there's a complete there. I do have it. It's in uh, down in my profile, but it's um, I'm always updating it so that I have an update because now I add my root beer, fer root beer ferment to it. But I do have my recipe on my page right now with an, uh, with a video explanation of it. But yeah, I've, you can also DM me if anybody's interested, DM me and I will make sure that I'll get the right information to you. So, uh, let's see here. Let me uh, zip through. Uh, make sure I'm getting all the questions in chat before I start, you know, going back down my list of questions. I want to make sure and get anything they may have. Um, so... How long before you uh, plan to uh, go down your uh, photo breeding? Photo breeding, right now? Are you on that? So right now I am actually searching because uh, I, I like to do a lot of groundwork before I implement anything when it even comes from nutrients or whatever I do. But right now I haven't found any. I'm trying to find the Master Kush stuff. I would love to breed with some mas some older stuff like master Kush and like I have right now, I'm actually breeding with a headband and a pre 98 Bubba. So I'm trying to figure out of uh, what varietals I'm working with right now, but yeah, I, I'm way off right now. I'm probably, you're probably not going to see anything for like two years from me easily. Uh, anything photo photo period wise, because I definitely don't want to be that person in the industry that gets raked over coals because he's an asshole and he doesn't like to test his genetics. That's good to hear, to be honest with you. I like, to, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in quality breeding. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that you're willing to take the time and uh, put in the work before you release uh, something there. Yeah, exactly. I want, I, I, because this is how I feel. I run big setups. So if I have something, if someone puts the confidence in me and buys my seed, and let's say they have like a four or 500 of these plants, and one of them Hermes, that's a bad day for that family. That's a horrible day for that family. 
And I would never, that's like, that's the baddest juju you can ask back on yourself that I think you could, you could do to somebody is fuck their garden up. That benefits the people that are around them. And people need to understand that this, a lot of people like us, we do it for a living. We're not just doing it in our backyard and whatever. No, we're doing this for a living. And it's cool to have trusted people in this industry that we count on that to do their homework, dot their I's, cross their T's and know that when we're running some gear, we, we can have confidence. And when we speak about it, we can not feel ashamed. And that's like, I think that I strive for something that brings happiness to somebody. If it could bring happiness to somebody and know that they can run it and it's, they don't have to worry about it. That's, that's what I'm after. Because right now, if somebody were to give me something and it would have hurt me and fuck my room up, you best believe uh, uh, it's just, it's sadness. That's just sad. That's like, that's like the worst thing that I think could happen to a grower is knowing that your room uh, got sabotaged by somebody's uh, lack of work when you put in, or when you're putting in a thousand. Well, that is most definitely what the testing's for. You know, good good yeah. breeders most certainly does. No, they're out there definitely. I love I love good breeders. I I send positive vibes to them all the time. <laughs> I love I love breed. They're doing uh, the work for the people, and I appreciate them pushing the envelope so we could get those tasty terps and always bringing that new varietals around. Man, I don't know how they do it. I'm slowly getting there, man. But these it's crazy. Some of these guys are. Uh, popping out strains like <laughs> like crazy and they're stable and they're they're glorious and I give props to any breeder out there I just want to say you guys are amazing and uh, the amount of wealth and knowledge that you guys have is crazy <laughs> yeah like you're saying there you know there's a lot of time and uh, if you're you're gardening you're wanting flower but you know when you're making seeds you waste a lot of space to making seeds when you yeah. could be making just glorious flour. You know, shout out to breeders. Yeah, shout out to breeders, <laughs> man. For reals, making the world go round for us, making us have, let us have fun with it with their gear. So, uh, what do you? How do you do your harvesting? What's your harvesting process, man? I couldn't imagine trying to take down a, a greenhouse. It's off to you for that. That's where I like the little guy method of, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of happy in my way. I like the perpetual just because of that. That's one thing the other harvest, you know, monocropping taught me too was uh, you're a one-man team. So when it comes down to taking down all the plants, you're a one-man team. (laughs) So the perpetual helps me, you know, I'm just doing a little bit all the time instead of busy hands yeah well my approach this one's going to be interesting because we're going to wash a lot of the room so it's going to alleviate a lot of our harvest woes since some of these plants are actually overproducing when it comes to the trichome density some of these plants are are surprising us just because of the bloom mix this is this bloom mix that i have right now is uh, that i've been working on it's uh it hasn't been i haven't used it before to this extent because i've added a lot of new stuff to it so it's actually amazed us so we're gonna wash a lot of the room because it's just overperforming for extracts and the rest we are we have a setup uh dry room that we have that's going to be environmentally controlled 100 percent um uh with a rack system so they could uh be hung and dried uh you know like uh i would say 10 to 14 days Hopefully try to get that slow. That's uh, my main goal is to try to get it 
to uh, a point where I could uh, put it into a curing system so that it cures properly. And a lot of that is the three-day rule that I like to say. The first three days are the most important days when you come into your drying process. If you're trying to get most of the moisture out in the first three days, if you could do that, then you can, the rest of the days, you can kind of coast in, a, in an essence. So that's my approach to it. I try to get the moisture out, most of the moisture out, just, I would say about to like 60% in the flower till about three days. And then let that extra 10% right where it gets to 50% the rest of the way. And just before, because if you get a flower below 50%, it won't cure properly. So you want to make sure you're hovering above that 50% mark. So you're trying to get it to 60% for me, or at least that first three-day mark, and as, as slow as possible, increment down into where you can get it to where you can put it into a, a curing system. So that when your final flower is uh, is sitting at, you're sitting, when it gets below 50%, when it stops metabolizing internally and doing the process of breaking down through fills and such, it's beautiful. It's got the right texture. It's got the right... Uh, it's got the it's hold it's held all the terpenes in it because they haven't gassed off because you haven't been an asshole and just you know what I mean you you it just let them gas off. A lot of people will do that. They'll dry their flower out in a room that's uh, too hot and all the terpenes will gas off. And it's a sad thing to see because you put all that work in and then you gas all your terpenes off and then you dry it to the point of no return. Uh, you don't even know how many messages I'll get like, hey, I dried my flower too much. How what can you do? Uh, you can't do nothing. You can kind of maybe do to an extent of making it feel better for user, like input wise, but when it comes to flavor and taste, you ruined it. Is my mic off again? It's it's a little uh, it's a little echoey. What about now? Yeah, so a little I, better now. That's the first time I take. I take. I do the three. I, it's always benefit me. Well try to do uh, get more sun moisture out of the first three days and then uh, slow low and slow the rest of the way until I get some snaps kind of like to the point kind of where you get to the point where you can uh, trim with uh, without even using your scissors where you can just uh, flick the flick the uh, um, the leaves off Wait. yeah they're saying that my mic is something's wrong with my mic. It's a little echoey, but we can still hear you. Phones can be a little bare. Sometimes yeah. they, you know, they're touchy. Yeah, but I, to be honest with you, I'm still still Yeah, it's worse now. Sorry, brother. Just try tipping the phone. You can actually turn it sideways. There you go. Let's see if, uh, flip it sideways and see if the mic's a little better. What about now? Perfect. <laughs> Best it's been. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but how, how do you go about trying your flower? Like, what's your approach to it? Like, it's something that you put a lot of effort in and you just throw it in the tent, throw some fans in there, and you're like, oh. <laughs> My approach with drying? Was that your question? Yeah. Lost what's your, a bit there. Yeah. What's your approach? I'm actually uh, I I hang dry at some points, but moreover now I 
right there that uh, my herbs now, I actually use a dryer that I'm quite fond of. Uh, so basically I wet trim and we'll pack that into the dryer there and uh, almost cure it, almost machine cure. So I basically pack this thing as tight as I can get it. it it's preset for 96 hours. It rarely takes that long. I kind of take it to a crisp, uh, like a crisp state where the stems are somewhat pliable still. And then I'll shut down the machine and let it wick out a little bit. And then I'll take it one more time to a stem snap. And then it's pretty much jar ready at that point. And it, you know, I've had pretty damn good luck with it, you know, against all norms, you know, <laughs> against all norms. I actually uh, yeah. even drive my hash. I actually even drive my hash in that thing, and uh, it works well. It works really well. That's good but before that. that, it was, uh, it was, uh, let me, I can show you right here. I used to, uh, right there. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. The, the hangers, the rack. A tent. You can actually fit three of those racks in a four by four tent, and then you know, kind of put some uh, Red X buckets in there for moisture, and then a light breeze pushing in the bottom with a you know a light suck out the top of the tent. Trying to maintain as close as you can to sixty, but that's usually you know <laughs> I'm not yeah, pushing it. Yeah. It's a pain. It's a pain. Even uh, everybody, I think uh, everybody has woes when it comes to drying. Everybody's that's one of the aspects where I'm always evolving. Like when it comes to my growing, I have that. I know I got that down, but my 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 drying game can always use tips. One hundred percent. I I am open for suggestions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I definitely like that dryer. That's for sure. I see Arthro sends me in there. First sponsor for dry mids now. Uh, I, you guys say what you want, but you know, I, I I do like my machine. I'm not selling it, but I do. I do like <laughs> that. It was a question. It was a question. Damn it! It was a question. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't pushing it. I wasn't pushing. It. I just answered the question. Damn it! Like the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I do love my chat. I do love my chat. That's awesome. So, um, do you wash your own uh, material there? Let me ask you that. Uh, we are setting up a cold room right now that we are going to start. We are going to wash some of our material in house, but we also are looking for extract artists right now that maybe want to run it to see uh, see what it does in other people's hands, just to see because not a lot of people get KNF flour or flower that's extremely organic like uh in our approach we're plants feeding plants like there's always they're always getting flower that has that's grown in uh, uh questionable ways so to speak so yeah definitely we want to run flower in-house and we're gonna we're trying to see if we can i don't know have fun with it so to speak for sure so have you thought about uh, with the extra oil production, might it be a waste to actually, you know, wash it into bubble? Do you think it might hydrocarbon with a high oil content may be a better 
solution? I, I was thinking that too. I, I, it's funny that you say that. I have thought about that. The fact that it might, I might run into some problems with it, not wanting to release the heads. It might uh, not want it to wash correctly because of maybe issues of the oiliness. Because I know some cultivars are notorious. Some are good tashers and some just suck. And I'm hoping that I'm not acerbating any of those attributes. <laughs> you know what I mean? By, by doing a style like this. But I, I, I think that any product that's extracted through these methods of growing, it's going to be superior in a lot of ways that are noticeable to people that are extractors, for sure. Because it is in flower. It's in all aspects. Visually, smell, flavor. It, it just, everything improves. So I don't think it should be worrisome too much. So, yeah, some of them greasy ones, them are the ones, in my opinion, I love the greasy ones. When I'm washing and my, I pull that first wash and I, my bag's fucking almost fucked. I'm almost grabbing for the, for the bag, for the alcohol right off the get. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> It's a pain in it's a pain in the ass, but I know what I'm pulling out is gonna be worth worth yeah. the effort. When I was talking with Nick T the other night, he what he was suggesting is colder, colder, colder climate. And I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't have a hash room, so you know, the closest thing I can do is like bank it until this time of year where I could actually go outside and do my whole complete wash in this yeah. Arctic Michigan weather. Yeah. <laughs> that shit ain't happening but once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to work with Mother Nature. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, I, I, I hope that the room we build and the advice, because I'm going to start to reach out to different people that maybe want to share with me some techniques. And hope and cross my fingers that I do an excellent job at extracting some of this awesome goodness that I have created off these plants. But if you if you like greasy flowers, you should definitely start getting into more of the KNF. You all your flowers will be greasy. Even flowers that maybe not have been greasy will be greasy. So is that some uh, advice that you would offer to some extract artists is uh, before you uh, change up your cultivars? Like I heard you mention unlocking the genetics. Uh, would you suggest they actually switch over to a KNF system before they go chasing down uh, different cultivars, you know, you know, to give the KNF a shot? To... I would for the simple fact that uh, one of my flowers that I'm growing is wedding cake. But nobody knows that it's wedding cake because it looks so intense. And I always ask me, what is this one? And I'm like, it's wedding cake. They're like, what? What pheno is that? And I'm like, it's regular wedding cake. It just looks crazy because of the nutrients. It's it literally, uh, sp it's spitting the way that it's, it's just, it doesn't look like any other wedding cake I've seen. That's for sure. So for sure, yeah. It, it, I, if somebody had a problem with the strain, I would definitely run it a uh, KNF program so you can maybe unlock some of that hidden potential that it has because for sure you will unlock genetic potential with an all-plant-fed-based system 100%. I agree uh, with that statement that I just said. If you're rushing and watch something that sucks, try KNF. You're definitely going to push more grease out of it for sure because literally every flower in my room is greasy. There's not one flower in my room that's not greasy. They're all equally crazy greasy. And that's the, one of the one of the qualities that you will run into when you start getting flour or start um, 
implementing these feet programs is you get these traits that are not normally present that you've never seen that you're not used to they'll start popping their heads out more and it's interesting to see for sure as a cultivar or a cultivator to see these things with your own two eyes like oh wow my check this out my my leaves in veg will be greasy in veg they'll be they'll be waxy they'll have a waxy uh greasiness to them and it's the most insane thing ever. Like if I rub the bottom of my uh, in veg, I'll have like a greasiness on my hands in veg. Sounds like it would be uh, good for uh, an IPM purposes as well. I would actually agree. Someone was funny. Somebody was telling me through the comments. They were like, oh, what is your bricks content on your plant? And I'm like, well, I have no idea because I don't have a bricks meter. And they were telling me that a uh, that once a plant gets like past like 15 15- 15 bricks that pests stop seeing it as a plant or something like that and i agree with that i've had plants in the past where they'll have like a uh, slight bug problem and uh they'll get though as they go through their health they uh the pests don't want to be around them anymore they're too greasy for them like they grease fucks with them they can't move maneuver around the leaf as uh freely as they would because they get you know what i mean it hassles them to do their day-to-day activities not every pest, but I think like like I think thrips. I've had one time. I had thrips one time, and my plant got so greasy that I they stopped. They they didn't like that plant no more, and they left. But I've experienced that a plant gets so greasy that pests don't want to be around it. That's uh, kind of touching on base there of uh, something I was just thinking of when you were talking there. Since you go down the K and F road and uh, basically living organics and all that do you actually work with a banker and companion plants as well in your greenhouse as part of ipm management i don't i don't companion plant for the simple fact that uh my i don't want to have to worry about uh foliage for something some bug to hide in so that's my approach with it. I have so much to worry about already. My companion, I don't want, if you get a bug problem and it gets out of control and you get little nooks and crannies, because if you're, this is how I see it. Cause I spray during veg. And if I have companion planting and I have to spray, you have to spray every top and bottom of everything. And if it's hiding in some foliage and some cover crop and you forgot to spray it properly, cause you had run into an issue, they're just going to keep bouncing back. You have to literally spray every inch of your room or don't even spray at all. So that's why I don't companion plant because there's too many nooks and crannies that I'll have to spray and it just will add hours onto my IPM schedule. And it's something that also never had a need for because I run, uh, I don't even run, I just run my regular soil, nothing on top. I don't mulch anything on top. A lot of guys trip out on that as well, that I don't mulch or any of that. It's kind of because it's a personal preference. I'll walk into a room and I can see from the texture of the soil where that plant's at, where it's sitting in moisture content, just by looking at the top layer of the soil immediately. I'm like, all right, I got maybe a day more on that one or the, but I use it as an indicator feedback for me. So that's why I don't also use any mulches or anything like that, but I might change my tune because there are some guys that are uh, kind of uh, turning me onto a little bit of uh, techniques, so to speak, to keep the moisture content on the top a little bit more leveled. Cause there is a benefit to some types of mulches for sure. I'm going to, I can't agree with that for sure. But yeah, cover crop wise, I'm not into cover crop. I'm trying to, uh, not trying to add another, uh, thing I have to think about in the garden. In my opinion, that's my opinion. 
So I've seen here, I want to make sure and get the name right. Um, cheers, love, and hope. hope. Uh, let's see here. It was a toad. Grumpy Toad. He says in chat, grease equals dank. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I believe so. Uh, what's your opinion? Uh, does grease equal dank in your opinion? The reason why I think grease equals dank I, don't you love those joints when you're smoking them and they become transparent and they ooze? Well, that comes from that, you know, exactly. You will get that with a greasy plant. It will turn the plant, it will turn it transparent and you will have to bite the tip off like every couple hits because it gets packed at the end. It's like you might as well, it's like you're throwing concentrates in your joint. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Right. It just, it just. It makes it. It just makes a. It just makes for a pleasurable smoking experience, and it's a cool show-off factor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I definitely love a joint when I light it up and hit, take a hit or two of it, and practically the whole parent paper is translucent, just like it. You practically rub chicken grease on it before you roll the joint or something. Yep. You're just like, yeah. oh man. Them are the ones you usually look at in between yeah exactly yeah you're like oh wow this is good stuff yeah those are, and also those are the joints that if you pick a roach up you could tell what it is you could smoke and you'd be like oh that's this varietal you know what i mean because they're just coated with that flavor i love joints that you could pick up that from a from a, an ashtray and you could tell exactly what it is so you know that's one of the things you know that's what we we extract basically are the oils so why wouldn't, you know, oil or grease equal dank? You know what I mean? It, it's, it, in my opinion, it, it has to, you know, or it has to equate to dank, I guess. I agree. I think it's just because of the, the terpene content is increased. So you get more of that grease factor. That's what I believe is happening. You just have more terpenes present. So it's kind of like when you have uh, concentrates that have high terpene content, they're very, they move in room temperature. They're very saucy. They're super saucy when they're real high in terpenes. And I believe that's the same thing that's happening on the plant. It's so high in terpenes that it's like you have that. It's just like sauce covered in it. It's just it's got that factor to it. Yeah, I definitely and definitely agree. Definitely. So uh, what are your plans for twenty uh, one? Do you have any extra special plans that you hope to pull off this year? Yes, most definitely. Uh, We're going to be opening uh, four more greenhouses, and I hope to get some offers in the future to work with some people in the industry that maybe want to open their minds to this type of this type of cultivating because it's definitely from an outside looking in it's got to be weird. You know, I mean, you see a guy blending some fruit in a blender and he's juicing some carrots, and but then you look, you know, what I mean, it's definitely. Uh, a new way to look at how you feed your plants. And I would love to start new relationships to spread the love. So I'm looking for 2021 to expand, but also to expand my networking and the people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, like you, for instance. Right on. That would be a pretty awesome. Wow. Four more greenhouses. Woo. Woo, I hope you got some help, brother, or a oh, good batch of coffee, strong coffee, brother. You're going to need something. Yeah, no, I'm getting my butt whipped right now. <laughs> it's a, it's a, so it's are a we talking, uh, 
are we going to talk auto? Are you talking autos in these greenhouses or, you know, what are we running in uh, the greenhouses or what the, will we be running? I'm hoping that I can maybe run some, see what the thing with these methods of growing, since it pushes the genetic potential, I'm hoping to run some, uh, I'm, I don't know, like in-house genetics. I think it's called in-house, like some, some crazy stuff that's, that's out there floating around and see how far I can push it. To be honest with you, like maybe some strains that I know are that, that dump because I wanted one greenhouse all to wash and then one for flower. And then I'll, you know what I mean? I kind of want to make it interesting. I want to try to experiment with these greenhouses, but I also will be doing, uh, I, in the future, I also will be doing an all auto flower greenhouse. That's for sure. 100%. Like just, just for, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> Oh, that'd see, man, that'd be a busy, busy greenhouse, man. What'd you say? Every sixty to ninety days, uh, yeah, exactly. a re, a flip. Holy shit! That's, yeah, that's exactly. work. Harvest flip, harvest flip, harvest flip. I think at that point you better have some freezers and a good oil guy <laughs> or good extract guy, because. I think at that point, that's what it would be. At that kind of harvest, yeah. I'd be like, fuck it, freeze it. Yeah, freeze exactly. it. He'll be yeah, here next week. Bring it. I don't want to think about it. Exactly. No, seriously. That's why it's a, it's exactly. That's why we were pushing towards trying to wash some of it because it does alleviate a lot of those stresses in the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. But well, yeah. Wouldn't that be something? To yeah. Be, you know, do you think that would be, could be something that we may see someday in a larger scale grow? Uh, I think so. Like a big, like like meat locker like type freezer instead of you know seeing walking through and seeing like hey sides of beef hanging you'll you'll just see plants hanging upside down in like a meat locker type uh, type atmosphere just well, waiting know, to be processed. Well, I know what they do right now. They uh, they bring in reefer trucks. And I know they bring them to sites and they load those reefer trucks up. They'll put like uh, they'll get totes and they'll fill their totes up and they'll just freeze that whole uh, 53 foot trailer. That's a uh, reefer and they'll fill it up man. they'll just fill it up for fresh frozen. I know they they're, they're doing stuff like that in a lot of farms. Man, I guess I need to get my ass out of Michigan and see some larger scale grows, I guess, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know of a Can't couple wait. farms that are doing that. Yeah, they they they, they literally buy a, a 53 foot reefer truck and they fill that thing up I, with the, all the dankest flour they have around in negative temperatures. And it, it, it I don't know. You would have to be very big scale to do something like that for sure. I'm definitely not there yet. <laughs> Hopefully, brother, we both get there someday. No, exactly. That's the plan to share the love. You know, honestly, if I ever come to about that point, I actually hope at that point I'm honestly giving a lot of it away to, you know, like a charity, nonprofit type atmosphere and still doing this. <laughs> it's still doing this right here, but at a more carefree level <laughs> it, it, would be the ultimate goal. No, it's crazy that you say that. One of my goals in the future is to have a charity garden for veterans with all profits going to veterans. There's great veterans of this country. If you're a veteran and you're listening right now, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your service. We appreciate you. We're able to talk shit, talk fucking shit with Eagle because of brave men. So yeah, I definitely, 
in the future, I want to set something up to pay homage to these women and men in the great forces that protect us every day. I agree. I agree. And I think I've said this many a times too. I think it's, uh, it's so unfair that they're the ones that get fucked firsthand on the cannabis, you know, benefits here. They go and serve our countries and they're the ones that could benefit most out of some of the, you know, medical benefits for PTSD, pain, other benefits. And according to our government as of late, it will avoid their benefits. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's sad that, you know, here they, they stand and fight for us shoulder to shoulder, hand to hand and make, keep us safe, but they can't come home and, you know, you're right. Do what's right. You're absolutely right. They, they have tormented minds and cannabis calms that mind. And it's a, it's a tool that should be utilized by all veterans that are having issues with any type of mental disorder or even physical. It brings great, great relief to a lot of these veterans. And it's definitely something that I kind of want to push in the future to help these men and women out. It's a big issue with me. I come from a veteran. I found my dad served in the Korean War. So it's something that I, I definitely know freedom isn't free. And his cousin before that, uh, World War II. So it's like uh, I definitely respect my brothers in arms. Same here, same here. Well, I hope your dream comes true, mainly for that reason right there. Hopefully by that day, it's a completely day and age. Uh, things, the tables have turned on that issue. Hopefully that comes sooner than the other. <laughs> hey, so Eagle, so this uh, this method that I've explained to you of this uh, flower and all that, it, would it be something that you would try? Yeah, I think I would give her a go. I think I'd give her a go. Yeah, you should, man. You should definitely should. It's. I think you would. Uh, you're gonna kick yourself. It's kind of something that you get into, and you're like, wow, this makes everything so much more simple. You should definitely give it a try. I, I'll, I'll help you too, man. If you need any help, just reach out, brother, and I got you. I will. So do you think, uh, I mean, even if uh, I didn't go the full K&F, do you think I could still use your uh, your full bloom So and, that's uh, the, my cocoa? So check this out. Uh, the cool, I think the coolest thing about my style is I'm not 100% K&F. I am traditional organics. My main base is traditional organics, and I use KNF as boosters. And sometimes I use KNF as my main and traditional as my boosters. So I have a mix of all the best things that I've ever come across, but with KNF leading the way. So absolutely, my style actually will work for a, a lot more people than just a regular KNF program because it's already something that they're used to. And they're adding the KNF to boost an existing program that already works. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. If it works, it works. Why are you not going to use it? If it's organic and it works, use it. Simple as that. And KNF is just another tool that we have in our toolbox that we could use to assist us to make them a, a better product in the end for us and the people that are that surround us. So yes, absolutely. My style, I believe, benefits greatly in any situation because it utilizes that traditional organics background that I've learned from many people before me and also pushing the new stuff of principles of plants eating plants. 
you know, because I definitely do love I, my the cocoa that I run. You can almost, uh, if I can get my head right there, there. Well, you can see them pots behind me, man. That that cocoa is like it's a chunky, chunky cocoa. It's oh, I see. Damn near wood chips, and uh, I love the aeration of it. That's one of the reasons why I use it. But if I can, you know step my game up with some uh, better inputs i'm always game to try yeah definitely you should that's the cool thing about the bloom mix it's something that could be implemented uh in uh, any system but mostly it benefits organics for the simple fact that the sugar content feeds the microbial life very well so it really shines in living soil but the nutrient content is still there because there is water soluble nutrient that's readily available still in that mix That's one of the things that uh, that I've said too. That all this time is, man, the organics is a deep wormhole, such a deep wormhole. I know it's <laughs> intense, <laughs> to say the least. It's super intense. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things. You know, as we've talked about cannabis bettering us, as the plant, you know, bettering us all around. The organics seems to do the same thing. You know what I mean? As you travel down that organics road, uh, it tends to bring out more knowledge because that that rabbit hole is deep. (laughs) That rabbit hole, you get. No, you start learning the roots. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm I'm, going to butt in real quick. I'm sorry about that. One of the craziest things about organics when you start learning is the fact that you learn the relationship that your plant has with the world around it. And that's the thing about organics that opens your mind up. You start realizing like, it's not just the roots. It's the, it's the, it's the beneficials that are in there that help the system. And then you start learning, okay, what's this system about? And then you realize like, Oh, wow, there's this whole bacteria. Then there's the micro, there's the, the hyphae. And then there's the, uh, um, you know, you, you go into like, uh, the living soil aspect and then you get into okay making an organic input it's got to be breaking down by another thing and then the plant can see it and then you're like what the heck and then it's the rabbit hole goes further and further and further and then next thing you know you are in a bliss of uh of knowledge that you never fathomed before now you have all this uh wherewithal you're like wow you're looking at this plant and little do you know there's so much going on that's not your you have no part in it so to speak that's going on that's it's like a beautiful harmony and it's crazy when you think about it like that you have like a little ecosystem it's like if you you know like that's that episode in the simpsons where uh, they uh, they make that little colony when they, i think lisa or forgot spits in the have you seen that episode uh it's a, it sounds pretty familiar but i don't want to stop the story yeah <laughs> They make a, a whole uh, universe within this colony, and and it's uh, it's 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 self-sustained, and that's pretty much when you go down this hole, you 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 realize that the you're introducing life to your soil. You feed your soil, you don't feed the plant. You feed the soil, and the soil feeds the plant. That's my main my main go-to. Is when you go down these rabbit holes, you you realize that you're not doing much. Your soil is lifting everything doing all the work for you the soil so yeah definitely good high quality soil well you know the more i think about it is uh i don't think any of the terms that we've used tonight actually fits 
organics at all, to be honest with you. Also, you know what I mean? Well, rabbit holes, a rabbit hole you tend to fall into and things get crazy and may not make sense and just can be silly and fun. Exactly. So I don't know if rabbit hole would, it, it kind of, eh, maybe, maybe, but a maybe wormhole again, the term wormhole, uh, again, I've used both terms for shows of mine, by the way. <laughs> so uh-huh. the wormhole actually it will take you from one place to another, you know, and I, I guess Organics, you may start off in one place and you're definitely going to end up in another. But to me, the better description would be organics would be a black hole. I mean, anytime that that you've seen a black hole, it's more endless. And I don't think you'll ever see the the bottom, the true bottom of a a black hole. But when you see it, at least in like a pictorial version what do you see you see a black hole and then you see beams of light coming out you know beams of knowledge i guess you would call it shooting out from the centers you'll never see the bottom of that black hole but you'll see good tons of information tons of beam light coming out of it so i think the organics black hole is a more accurate term I, I agree. I agree with you. And also, too, once you get past a certain point, and just like a black hole, when you hit the event horizon, you can never go back. You ain't. You're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you are. You are now. You are done. You are now off into the unknown. <laughs> That's one of the things too that I've said that throughout this whole journey this last year as I've teetered. On uh, the fucking organics and the salts path, there is you know I've been reading books and I've you know kind of been peeking these doors open and I I I know I know that that point of that horizon that you're talking about there and I'm honestly afraid of fuck of it to be honest with you I'm afraid of the worm bins the bakashi bins all that shit you know what I mean I'm afraid I will honestly just be running around full hippie and yeah. just like yeah <laughs> dividing everything Matthew McConaughey yeah I have that type of nature to me where you know when I take something on I'm usually full bore into it so yeah I may be a little afraid still of the organics just because I- I know yeah. I'll end up full hippie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the cool thing about my approach. My approach, uh, I only use in in uh, badge. I only use uh, two two uh, mainly. I could there are other stuff that I add for fun. But I only use two ingredients: humic acid and soybean amino acid. That's it. That is it. That's a uh, pretty low input right there. Yeah, look pretty look at my plants. Input. Soybean and humic acid. I was just getting ready to say too. Your plants, uh, she has some beautiful plants. They aren't lying for sure. So yeah, the proof people is like in this. the pudding. Exactly. People wanted like there are people that do hate on my style, or uh, they'll have different critiques, whatever. You know, it's just like in life. But I have a very simple method. I use 
mainly six ingredients and it makes fire flour and I run into no issues. I don't, I do pH my water once in the season, but I don't, as long as I know it's within a parameter, I don't have to worry about it. pH is very, very important, but that's why I use humic acid and make sure that everything plays nice and make sure that no matter what the situation is unbeknownst to you, you're going to have a swell, swell time when you come back into that garden. It's not going to, you're not going to come back and you're going to have pH swings, but two ingredients is my foundation. And if I can have anybody learn anything from this video is humic acid and soybean amino acids. The plants love amino acids, amino acids and humic acids go together. Like, uh, like Cheech and Chong, like all the great duels, you know what I mean? Every great duel out there. That's a powerhouse for or an organic gardener if you're trying to get into organic gardening if you're trying to get into organic gardening get yourself a high 80 percent or higher powdered soluble humic acid and get yourself an amino acid uh soybean amino acid that's enzymatically processed in a solution grade form those two things will take any garden and it will take it to success and veg wise and it's only two ingredients and then you can add all that other stuff for fun the fish stuff the inoculation and you know i do that for fun because it's it's cool to to push the envelope in certain fields but those two ingredients are the only two things you need and for bloom all you really need is that full spectrum bloom nutrient with some calmag and magnesium and you are off to the races with those simple ingredients and you don't need any warm in this warm that or whatever you know you just it's simple simple it's a simple solution for a simple problem. Dankweed. You want dankweed? Try that and tell me if it doesn't put a smile on your face. Well, look at my garden. If you think I'm bullshitting, look at my garden. I agree. You're putting out some fire over there for sure. Yeah. For sure. But the work speaks for itself. Simple as that. The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding is sweet as hell. So I, I'm totally glad that uh, you're able to, uh, you know, like you said, 20 might have been seemingly shitty, but it seemed like, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a gift meant to be, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I hope you run with it. It sounds like you're poised to run with this, uh, to this new uh, phase of uh, your life. Well, 100%. One thing that I want to do is I want to inspire other people like me. You know what I mean? Or, you know, just, I just want to be an inspiration. Simple as that. I just want to show somebody that they have the power to change their situation. 100% with just simple, simple techniques. You can have a beautiful garden. You don't need a laundry list of stuff to add to your, to your regimen. You need, keep it simple. If you keep, like how mother nature does you do as that's one thing that KNF can teach you the philosophies is you do as nature does and what does nature do it looks around at all the best things it has around in its environment and it applies them simply doesn't overdo it it simply applies all the best that it sees around it and that's what i'm doing i'm just i see something that i could utilize that works great and i apply it and it's not over complicated if you add this regimen to any situation it's going to improve any any program with those simple, uh, those simple key points that I've talked about. Try it. Anybody, anybody thinks that I'm lying, just get humic acid. If anybody thinks I'm bullshitting, just buy this. I've helped many people with that simple suggestion. I'm like, oh, just buy this one product and that one product will change your life. Humic acid. Nobody uses humic acid and it's, and not in the bottle form. You have to have it 
in the powdered soluble form that's over 80% to see a significant difference that you would see with your own two eyes. And a lot of these people that are running gardens, they have all purple stems. A lot of guys run purple stems. If I see a purple stem in my garden, I'm not going to sleep good at night because that lady's telling me that there's something wrong with that medium. The medium is not right. She's telling me I'm fucking mad. What the hell I'm about to get even more problematic for you if you don't address the situation if you start feeding humic acid that stem will turn all the new growth will be green because it will alleviate anything that's unbeknownst to you happening in that media it will keep it in check it gut checks it It allows the nutrients to be absorbed in 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 ranges they're not really used to being absorbed but it'll allow it because it acts as a lubricant and that's the best way that i can explain to somebody Add that one simple item to your regimen, and that alone will help many gardens out there that are struggling to find their sweet spot. And I've already helped plenty. I have many messages that I reply to, and I've, they've learned, and I get messages back saying, oh, I've had the best harvest that I've had in a very long time with one simple suggestion that I have told them. So it's cool to have that feedback, to have, know that these suggestions that I'm advocating, they work. Simple as that. They work. There's no way around it. It's like DMT. When you smoke it, you will see the elves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like uh, it's something that it doesn't care what your opinion is. It's going to work. Well, I tell you one of the things that uh, as I'm looking, you know, though I haven't implemented a lot of this stuff, like I said, I, I still dabble at least in listening. And I have listened to a few books, uh, One Straw, revolution and a few other books that kind of gear towards that and one of the things that i like about the knf and jadam is the undertones of uh, buddhism there's a lot of life lessons in there as well as teaching you know you teaching you how to take care of your plants there's a lot of life lessons in them books as well so i that's as i've listened to some of them that's the even though i haven't put it into per practice as a gardening technique i like to listen for the the life lessons as well because they're hidden in there <laughs> they're hidden in there as well that's for sure that's crazy you're actually off to a good start if that's if you if that's something that you've attached to that thinking you're doing beautiful already because that's the hardest thing for somebody that's coming into these techniques to overcome is that thinking it's about a way of the way you think of these processes is trying to break those chains in your mind and help you understand how and why you do the things you do. And if you can understand how and why you do the things you do, you could better implement these things to your benefit and the plant's benefit. So that's beautiful that you said that you were on the right track. You will do you saying that lets me know that you will do wonderful implementing these organic practices because at the heart of it, you understand. And that's what's important. You need to understand that this is a philosophy. It's a way of thinking about these, uh, thinking the relationship that we have with these plants more than anything than just feeding them. It's about the relationship above else. And that comes secondary is like, it's kind of like when you do something good, the quality will follow. That's a secondary thing. If you do something good, good things will come automatically through those good intentions. It's that same philosophy that it teaches. Good in, love in, love out. Love in, love out. And I also respect the fact that, uh, you know, you do shake off that negative energy before you go into the garden. 
I, I think that directly does transfer. Although I think that even if you do take it in somehow, that that plant does kind of filter it out of you. So it I does. think it has that capability. So you wonder what I do to get in the mood to get into my garden? Because I have a ritual. So I have a ritual, you know, like that. Have you seen that Gone in 60 Seconds where they listen to that music before they boost those cars? Nicolas Cage, he'll listen to that music and he gets in and he goes, all right, we're going to go. I do the same thing while I the journey to my plants. Give me a good reggae beat and some weed and it will put me in the best mood. I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll go down my playlist and whatever hits me, whatever hits me in my soul and is like the anthem of the day, I will ride that all the way to the garden. And so when I'm answering it, I, I got my good reggae, my reggae beat that had soothed my soul and my and my ganja that soothed my mind and I'm ready to garden. Man, sounds like a happy garden there. Sounds like a happy garden. Yeah, you got a good music. <laughs> well, it must be a rocking greenhouse, man. It must be a fun place. Sun. Oh, well, the sun brings out a good mood anyway, but you throw some good reggae music on there, rocking like that. I... Good times are to be had around good reggae, good weed. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> Try to be in a bad mood listening to reggae with a really nice joint in your hand. It's impossible. I dare you. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. That's, I love cannabis music of uh, like any genre, by the way. You know what I mean? Even if it's like rap cannabis or reggae cannabis, I've seen some rock cannabis. It's all country good. Music. It's, it's a country cannabis. Can't leave, forget out the country cannabis. Got <laughs> I haven't Wheeler heard that Walker. One. Yeah, I haven't heard Wheeler that Walker. No. I like smoking pot a lot. You haven't heard that? He's got a lot of like cannabis tunes. I gotta oh, check that man. out. Too funny. I'm really, I'm really big on my playlist. Oh man, that's got to be one. Yeah, Wheeler Walker. I like smoking pot a lot. I have to check that out. Crack, that shit will crack you the fuck up. I gotta check it out. If you want to get Seriously. into some, if you want some good reggae, go through my reels. Every reel that I have, they're all incredible reggae artists. If you want to find, if you fill up your playlist with some awesome tunes, just. Take a cruise down my reels and have some positive, catch some positive vibes with me. Yeah, definitely likes good reggae. So, did I ask you what you were going to throw down as far as strains go in them? Uh, I have no idea. Year? If somebody's out there and they want to, if they got good genetics and they want to see what I can do with them, hit me up because I definitely could push. Uh, I definitely in the realm of pushing genetics to their potential for sure with my techniques. So if somebody wants to see their flower, uh, how I, how, how I take their approach, I'm open to suggestions, but I definitely want, you know, anything that, uh, that, that hits, that's medicating. It's gotta be medicating. That's my main goal. I want something that medicates. So, uh, when you sounds like you don't have much unrelated cannabis time, so if you do, what do, what are you doing when you're not in the garden? Uh, researching about the garden. It's twenty, yeah, it's, yeah. It's and my wife gets annoyed because she tells me I don't know how to turn it off. 
it's a good thing when it comes to growing cannabis, but it's not a good thing when it's trying to be in the regular world when all you want to do is uh, talk and think about cannabis. <laughs> well, the good thing is uh, that world's getting larger and larger by the day. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you, man. We're help pushing that too. <laughs> let's, let's rock, rock and roll, man. Shit, I don't know exactly where you are per se, but I know, you know, here in Michigan, we're not even outdoors yet. And I tell you what, I want to say three out of ten trips to my local Walmart, I'm having grow conversations right there practically in the entryway. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean. I mean- with, uh, with other growers, it's getting to be so frequent where it's like, we got to put up like a forum that we like post up. Yeah. We're heading to Walmart so we can actually meet in the parking lot and have a better sesh than standing right here in the fucking entryway. We could be burning down the parking <laughs> lot. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Get your little uh, a growers association or a uh, guild, a grower guild. It would be funny to set up, meet me outside of the garden section at yeah, Walmart. Exactly. We'll be like burning a, down in the <laughs> like fight club. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking funny as hell. Just yeah. knock three times on the fucking uh, bread box truck and shit. Yeah, we'll let you in. yeah exactly. <laughs> Somebody opens the door and violently pulls you in. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, good times. Good times. But yeah, that, uh, um, something that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I'm set, I'm going to be setting up some educational channels and uh, video breakdowns of some of the stuff that I do. And I'm also going to be opening um, uh, a website up where I'm going to uh, have my humates that I use and some of my soybean amino acid available. So if anybody's interested in the ones that I use, and also I'm going to make available my root beer ferment from the plants that you see in that garden specifically to share some of the uh, positive vibes. If anybody in the near future, if anybody, cause I see it as a mother culture. So I, I'll make a batch and now it's like a starter dough, like a sourdough starter. You always keep a little bit around for the, to, to inoculate the next batch. So it's, you know what I mean? I'm definitely going to be getting more into that where I'm going to start more consulting and uh, getting more educational uh, uh, stuff out there so everybody can get more in tune to what I'm doing in a way that's more easily digestible for everybody. So let me ask you this. Do you uh, actually ferment some uh, kombuchas and actually use them in uh, your garden as well? Well, the root beer that uh, the the roots that i ferment it's like a, a kombucha it smells just like that it has the same qualities as it it's effervescence it's got like that that uh bubbly quality to it it's it, it's like a root kombucha that's the best way to explain it so yes I, it's a probiotic for sure 100 percent. it's a it's an ultimate enzyme it will make if you add so check this out it's funny that you bring that up a lot of people like to add lab lactobacillus to a lot of their ferments i don't know why They'll add it to like, they'll make something. Oh, I'm going to add lab to that. I'm going to add lab to this. I wouldn't add lab because what happens is if you overdo the lab, you'll get your, it'll, it'll ferment your root ball and it'll stall. If your root ball 
ferments, it'll stop uptaking water and then you'll, you'll stall for like a week or two. And then it takes a while to kind of get back into its motion again. So what I would advocate is people start making the root ferment and add the root ferment to their ferments because it has high in enzymes and it'll help facilitate the water solubility of these nutrients. Cause when I add that to my ferment, it increases the, uh, the, uh, um, the rate that it's effective at, I have to lessen the dosage or else I'll burn it after I add the root ferment. So people should start making these root ferments and adding them to their, uh, to their nutrients that they're mixing, that they're fermenting, or just even in general to their teas or, you know, it just helps facilitate more of a robust nutrient profile. Um, there was somebody in chat here. Uh, what about Bob? Was wanting to uh, know if you could talk about chelates. What does that say again? Uh, what? He, what about Bob? Is asking if you could talk about chelates. 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 So that's why I use the humic acid because it helps with that process getting all those micros and all this, the secondaries and all this stuff that normally would uh, have a have a trouble in the media processing. I would, Bob, get some humic acid and that take, go through that wormhole, Bob, and you'll find out that humic acid facilitates that tremendously. flip through chat here to make sure we've got it caught up on our questions there been a great episode tonight man we've actually for a sunday night we've had at one point uh, up to 135 140 viewers tonight which is pretty damn good for a sunday night you definitely have brought it tonight knf uh, awesome thank, thank you, you i appreciate very it much, man. no problem brother i'm just trying That's to spread the love I appreciate it, man. The people are definitely hungry for organic and KNF knowledge for sure. For sure, there is definitely a niche for that. Yeah, send me a, if anybody's interested, just DM me, and I I respond to, I respond to almost every DM I have. Sometimes it's getting crazy now. I'm getting like bombarded with messages, but I will respond to if someone's seeking knowledge. I will help. I will not stop somebody from success. If you want to succeed, I will help you. Uh, I think we're pretty well caught up on questions so far from chat, unless there's something down there that I missed so far. Good. Well Having a good time, though. On... I'm glad, man. I've had a great time, too, man. Very, very smart dude. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure, man. And, you know, uh, I'd like to extend, I heard you, uh, you know, in say that you're looking to put out some uh more information and such you know if you're ever looking to put out you know a good special you know what i mean something that you'd like to put out for the people and uh, put it out on a platform uh you're always welcome to put it together something and air it out here if you'd like awesome you know, i appreciate all, that you know i appreciate that definitely yeah looking, 
just like yourself, I'm always looking to spread the knowledge. And just because I don't have some of the facts doesn't mean that I don't like to stand behind people willing to put it out there. So, you know what I mean? So if it's something that you're interested in, uh, keep please keep that in mind for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely will. I am working on literature, video breakdowns, and also a website that, and also a Discord that everybody can participate where I'll, you know, I can facilitate more of a one-to-one with people on a more uh, intimate level and have everything where all my recipes are and such. But yes, I definitely feel the love coming from your direction and I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if this was a question for you or if it was just a general question in chat, but uh, oh, right here said John Wayne asked a chat question. Thank you very much, Johnny. Let me flip back here. Any autos he would recommend for houseplant growth? Uh, yeah, the, my victory at sea. It's very, uh, and also, um, Victor, uh, my victory at sea, it's perfect house plant. It's the ultimate house plant. Um, also Mandalorian genetics. It's got great, uh, uh, great, uh, autos and, um, night elf. Those are the ones that that I would recommend. And also med tree, med tree. Those are the, the ones that I would recommend anything from med tree, uh, night elf and, um, Mandalorian genetics. They're all those guys are doing incredible work. Binary seeds too. But uh, um, I don't know. I think it's hit or miss with their availability sometimes, at least for me. But, yeah, I definitely uh, those three right there would be my top contenders that I would go to to have a, a very pleasurable auto experience. You'll get something back that you'll be happy. They're flavorful. They're packed with THC and crystals. They have that wow factor to them for, for being an auto for sure. But, yeah. Uh, is there anything that we're missing? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think I think my phone's gonna die on me. I got twelve percent. It's we've had a good journey, man. Yeah, we've had a pretty good episode. Hell, we're almost three hours in at this point. Oh, nice. Good. I'm glad I'm gonna. That's a great episode. Yeah, that's a good episode right there. Awesome. Did you think you would be, make it this long? To be honest no, with not... you. Not really. I seen your Nick of Tea one and I seen that was 55 minutes and I was like, oh, maybe I might be a 55 minute or like, I don't know how much I could get out. Or That's how much a, one of the shortest ones. Yeah, I think exactly. uh, her, there's uh, that one. And um, I mean, it's um, it's me for 20 girl did like a 20 minute episode. She did two of them, as a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. super fast. But... But yeah, those were quickies, you know. You had me almost a little worried in the beginning there, to be honest with you, Kate, out there. Is uh, when the prelims, I actually seen you yawn. Oh, no, I'm oh tired. shit! I better get. I I better get. Th- I better get this shit rolling, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm on burning I time wanted, here. I wanted two greenhouses today, and that it's not the most uh, uh, fun thing to do sometimes. When you're trying to conserve energy <laughs> for a later event, for sure. Yeah, no, I had to. Uh, did a whole run of uh, activities today, both searching through plants and making sure everything's good. Yeah, I'm busy. I work every day. I work seven days a week. I'm in my garden every day, four days off. I'm relentless. Uh, you know what I mean? I, 
I have the my girls ask a lot of me because I ask a lot of them. So yeah, I'm very, very much a passionate driven person. So uh, the one of the other things, the two things I'd like to get from you before you go. One's one thing I'd like to tell you, and the other thing is something I'd like to ask of you. First thing I'd like to tell you is please, please keep that Zoom number, that invitation handy. Uh, because you've done the spotlight, that uh, is the key to hanging out in the wormhole and rabbit holes. So anytime, I don't know if you follow along or how much you follow along the shows, but as I roughly explained to you before, uh, there's a couple versions of the show. There's a spotlight, then there's a wormhole. Uh, basically, if the, we go short, there's a wormhole. And if there isn't a guest, there's a wormhole. Monday nights are an automatic wormhole. Basically, you now have an open invitation to any wormhole. You're up late at night, you can't sleep, or you just want to hang out Monday nights, whatever. You don't need an invitation. You just need to fucking get your tray ready, cup of coffee, whatever, and come fucking hang out. You know, please don't even feel like you need an invitation. Don't even feel like you need an invitation. Just feel like, I want to get the fuck on today. And please, come on. If you know it's going to be a rabbit hole, don't even hesitate. If you want to, don't even hesitate. You're an open, great guest. We'd love for, to hear from you again. Please take me up on that. The second thing I'd like to get from you is uh, basically the soundbite or advertisement for your episode. So basically what I'm looking for, in my words, my advertisement would go something like this. Hey, this is Eagle Gardens, and I'm on fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 329. You know, you can put anything you want on that. Check me out at Instagram, whatever. It's your commercial, brother. You say whatever the fuck you want. And so I'll be ready in just one second. Let me get this record going here. I am ready for your soundbite anytime you are, sir. This is Kane and Gardens. I've been talking shit with Eagle on episode 329, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Man, it has been, the pleasure has been all mine and my viewers. Thank you very much. You have laid down one amazing episode. It has been full of knowledge and great conversation. I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, and again, I hopefully you take me up and popping in on a wormhole on occasion. It would be an honor. So thank you very much. You have a great night. Please get some rest. I'm sure your day probably going to start at daybreak. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good night. Do you want to give anybody a shout out before you go? Not that you haven't already, but the floor is uh, yours yes, to say whatever you want. I want to give a shout out to my press. Thank you for dealing with me and all my hectic schedules. And I love you. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks again. I'm going to go ahead and uh, wind it up. You can go ahead and let yourself out. But, man, thank you again. I have It has been 100% a pleasure to have Same you. Thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your time and knowledge, brother. You have a great night. 
Well, guys, that it does wrap up this episode 329 with KF Gardens. I hope you guys have been enjoyed this episode. I know I have. Please, if you're not giving KF Gardens on Instagram uh, a follow, please uh, look him up and uh, hit him up for some questions. If you have KF questions, he sounds like he's a pretty knowledgeable guy and we'll have some great. Ag- Great answers for you. Excuse the cat and mouth. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode. If you guys are looking to hang out in the wormhole, please give me a couple of minutes and we'll go ahead and uh, fire up the wormhole and go ahead and walk her down 420. Thank you guys for hanging out this far. If you're not going to jump into the wormhole, I do appreciate your time. And uh, wow. 135 tonight. Pretty humbling. Thank you guys, all of you guys, for tuning in. You guys know the routine. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives, and eventually they'll change the world. Thank you for tuning in. 